the river came alive with the sound of Moosik calling for help. Watch firefighters rescue a moose that fell through ice. They used axes to break up more of the ice to free her. The whole operation took about an hour, and the moose eventually was able to swim back to shore. Shambhala promotes like there's a there's a group called Anchors, spelled with a K, and they um, they offer completely judgment free. Like if you want to walk in and just like throw your whatever you've got on the table, we'll put it through our reagent tests. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We're going to be chatting with uh, Tanner and Callie a little bit later about festivals and harm reduction and uh, music and all sorts of fun stuff. Burning Man. And we got friend of the show, James Nation, here joining us for the intro as much as he can after a couple of dabs. And, uh, but first, as always, co-hostest with the mostest, Graham, does my hair look longer today, Dunlop? (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, buddy? Good, good. Yeah, Yeah. this is a fun episode. I'm looking forward to doing this intro because I've got, I've been saving up some cool trip reports from from uh, listeners who write into the show. And and I wanted to save it for this episode with uh, Tanner and Kelly because it was great to talk about all the festivals and kind of get all excited about that. That's right. It was kind of a synchro too because my wife knew Tanner from back in the metal yeah. days. Yeah, that's weird, eh? Well, the metal she thought days, he was yeah. James at first. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had to say, I, he's not James. <laughs> but then she knew him anyway. Yeah, that was weird. It's crazy. Yeah. Small world. Yeah, so how you doing? Good. I'm wearing my robe. Yeah. My feet are sweating because we've been in the studio for long and I'm wearing my big boots because it's minus fucking a billion outside. You look like the big Lebowski today, buddy. I like it. I, I can, Dude. How you doing, James? I can work with Lebowski. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Good. I'm getting a little scared of coming for visits here, though, because Darren's got these pretty serious rigs out here now. Oh. Yeah. How do you, how do you not get contact high from all that nah, smoke? And he does. It He's doesn't all fucked up here. right now. Yeah. It doesn't come over here. Hmm? No. Graham has a little bubble. That's an aura bubble. Yeah, just a bubble. I just force field protection aura around. <laughs> his blue blocker glasses on and yeah. he's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was his last weakness. You got to move this zip tie out of the way though. It's poking me in the eye right now. Well, be less weak. They, they got a new microphone in the igloo, guys. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have another stand, so I just hung the pop filter from the ceiling and ties. Working pretty good, except for the zip tie and the eye part. Well, figure okay, it out. I'm not complaining. You'll figure it out. You're a big boy. Yeah. So, so how you been, buddy? Good, yeah. How was Christmas? Good. Is this the first time we recorded? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What'd you do for Christmas, Graham? We're allowed to say Christmas on the Gramerica show, aren't we? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Not much, just no, just went to relatives for dinner. And, yeah, Had the cat over here at the igloo for a couple days? Yeah, well, I went That's away on a little trip, yeah. yeah Zeus was okay. Nice. I heard he's he pretty cool. He has no cool. claws, eh? 
Does he have claws? Yeah, he's got claws. Oh, yeah. he keeps oh, them yeah. put away all he the scratches time. Scratches out of me when he didn't scratch me at all. He jumps on. James is gonna look after him for me, so he yeah. jumps on your back a lot. So just watch him jump up. Oh, he did that once. I fucking slammed him so hard. You know? oh, you can't <laughs> see, Darren fights one cat, and now he thinks he can take on a mountain lion. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I like Zeus. Nine more to go. No, I've changed my stance on fighting mountain lions. You have to check that out on Friends to Know. I'm out of the mountain lion fighting game. Yeah. But I will still fight as many feral cats as you can round up. You guys were all chatting on friends to know about this. Actually, well, Darren said that he cats. could. Darren said that he could fight fight a mountain lion until we played a YouTube video on it. And maybe you should put this same video in the show notes for the listeners to watch because it's pretty pretty amazing and how how strong these cats are. Like he's wrestling. I've seen kill an elk, a grizzly well, yeah, bear. Of course, they kill elks. I don't understand what. No, he chased are. a grizzly bear away that was way bigger than him. Grabbed a crocodile by the back of the neck and just ran off with it like. They're serious cats. Mountain lion? Mountain yeah. lion did, yeah. He swam yeah, up they... to the crocodile, bit him on the back of the neck, and just walked off into the jungle with him. Like, it was no big deal. Just, like, pranced away. <laughs> Are you, but who's tougher, like, a mountain Well, Darren lion? thought he what could fight just one. just a regular lion or a tiger? Like, aren't they tougher? Like, what's Probably, tougher than great cats? I, I never said I was going to fight a lion. A cougar's... A cougar and a mountain lion are the same thing. No, they're not. Yeah, they pretty much are, yeah. Yeah, they are. We went through all this. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> you got to listen to it. Yeah, put it in the show notes. And see. We went through all this on Friends to Know. Did, Did you talk about the toughest of the great cats? We went No, but we went through Zeus. cougars and mountain lions for like right. extensively. His great cats are pretty amazing. And Have you seen the, the lion whisperer, that guy? No. You haven't seen that? No. You better see it quick, because he's going to get fucking... He's going to get eaten. Yeah, no, the cat's no, pretty no, serious. No, no, no. He, yeah, he, he just yeah. plays with them and kisses them, and they crawl all over him, and like they're, it's unbelievable. It's like playing with a house cat. That's well, like they're probably that. tame lions. Remember there was that polar bear in northern Manitoba, and they're like, oh, yeah, him and this dog are friends, because Buddy was feeding them every day. The first day, he forgot to put out the food, the polar bear fucking ate the dog. Really? Yeah. Or ate the dog? Yeah. What about Siegfried and Roy there with yeah. his pet lions, yeah, or whatever he had? Right? Yeah. You just don't know when they're going to snap. <laughs> <Sometimes. Yeah. laughs> kind of like you snapping on your iTunes thing today. You never know. Because <laughs> it's a corporate conspiracy. It drives me nuts. Oh, if you listeners could see how mad Graham gets at his uh, laptop. Yeah, no serenity there. Yeah. All He's... that enlightenment goes out the window when you're fucking... Oh. iTunes stuff. It kind of scared yeah, me. I've got a thing about these technical glitches and the problems that we have. He becomes like abusive. the contact thing. The con- my contacts don't work properly in my iPhone anymore. Still, no, they're still fucked. You know, yeah. I, I go if I. It depends. Maybe on it's which that way aura. Maybe you have that aura. Though. It's too much and it, interference. You know what the gist of it is is that we pay these corporations. Fucking get us every way they can. They trick us into money. They get us, and we pay good money for the stuff. When you're paying for 200 bucks a month for your cable and internet and it's fucking up at home, like it's annoying. That is. Yeah. I get annoyed if my internet gets messed up and, or, or, or like cable doesn't work properly or like, you know, it's like, Oh my God, you guys, but your iPhone is just, and that's sort of similar. That's not, me, right? it's not as hard. To Mac fix. doesn't have, you can't just call Apple and bitch to them. They don't have a- access. You gotta that's make an appointment like and go you to would the be store. calling them constantly. Oh yeah. They know. Oh, it's Graham from the Gramerica show. <laughs> that fringe podcast. Don't answer. <laughs> He's probably recording this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> recording this. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. The anti Apple podcast. Show on fucking trolling scammers. Yep. Tro- what do you mean? Wait for the people to call you to 
You know, you get those scam telemarketers sometimes. Yeah, yeah like your computer's better. broken. We need to log in remotely and fix your computer. Listeners, Just don't ever, ready. don't ever fall for that trick. I'm calling from Microsoft. I need to remote in and fix your computer. That's a scam phone call. Yeah. Just for you listeners that don't know. Out, like, why are they busting from, those people? Yeah. Like, all the scam emails you get and the people trying to. They're not from Microsoft. They're from somewhere in like Africa. And they're just going to install viruses on your computer. Well, it could be anywhere. Everybody likes to blame Russia. That's the, they're just the scapegoat for every hack now. But a lot of it actually is from Asia. Most of the the highest percentage of hacking virus stuff is a lot of it actually is coming out of, out of um, Mexico, apparently just recently and Asia racist. Yeah. No, that's not race. I'm talking internet. Bingo, bango. Viruses isn't a race. Time to unveil the new Django. Bango, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America newsletter. Bingo, bango. So does that mean I'm supposed to put something, say something about the social media? Uh, did, you see that? did you see that uh, YouTube comment? Every time. Let me read that YouTube comment out. What Speaking YouTube of social comment? media. What an awesome show. I made a resolution this year to infect as many people to start expanding their auras and my own. I fucking love you guys. I don't know what I would do without hearing your voice again and again. I hope you never die. Also, I think that you should place the jingles on double speed for laughs and to please Graham. Sounds like a stalker, Graham. Yeah. Or watch out. No, she's... she's <laughs> I'm just kidding. She says, uh, happy 2017, abundance, health, and all precious for you guys. FYI, because you're sick so often, I cannot help but recommend a handy immunity regimen of Chayan Waprash, which you can find at any Indian store. It contains 45 Ayurvedic herbs and a berry with the highest concentration of vitamin C. You have a teaspoon every day and never get sick again. No joke. Big... Warm vibes from Newcastle, Australia. You like smoke a teaspoon? So that's from day? Victoria. Thank you. You smoke a teaspoon? No, I don't. You don't smoke everything, Darren. I think you probably just blend it in some water and drink it. So when she says Indians, is that guess. Aboriginals? Because she's from Australia. Drink no, that'd be uh, Ayurvedic, right? That means India. Like yeah. India. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right on. By the way, that new jingle was from uh, our buddy Felix. Thanks, Felix. I like that one. It's very, uh, very, uh, Darren's got a check. You got the postcard. Yeah. There was a nickname. Yeah, it's Berto. Berto. Yeah. We used some of his music. That's right. I had to say that we used his music, the outro music for the last episode. Oh, right. So check it out. That's a really cool postcard. I should actually give out the website. There's no point unless I give out the website. What the fuck? Accidentally hit the... Darren's got his new jingle machine working, everybody. Let's see. Lots of buttons on there. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. This is Felix Music from last episode. It is uh, sirfelix.bandcamp.com. Check that shit out. And big thanks to you. There's another jingle too. I'll play it later. Okay, so I got some trip reports. You want to get into that, man? Sure. 
Well, you said yes. Yeah, tease us with that, buddy. Well, I for once I'm actually not ready. For the first time in the history of the show. Yeah. I want to play the other jingle, so I'll buy you a couple yeah. of minutes. Play the, the guitar one is good. Oh, the guitar one? I was yeah. looking for the one with the X Files. You're just interrupting my trip report with the UFO cult right now. You guys are oh, so shit. No, no, yeah. Okay, yeah, do yeah, your trip yeah. report yeah. first. I forgot we were doing that. Darren <laughs> is just trigger happy on the jingle buttons. Yeah. You forgot something that happened 10 seconds ago. Five <laughs> seconds ago. Good old dabs. <laughs> so he says, The last I wrote, I was frustrated with the universe and was supposed to attend an ayahuasca ceremony. I think we talked about that on the show, actually. Uh, the ceremony didn't happen. As crazy it was, was. One of our crew members at work walked off the job with no notice. That was on a Friday. That same Sunday, I met the apprentice shaman. We had a few phone calls and really connected. He invited me to his house. When I drove up to his place, it had this strange sense of being home, as if I knew this spot before, like visiting family. I walked into his house and was offered some shrooms. Have never taken shrooms before and said, sure. He said we were going to spend a day at the bike club at Long Island, meet some good folks and eat some great food. I ate three shrooms and nothing had happened by the time we arrived. So I ate another. Within a, within a half hour, I felt 23 years of anxiety, depression, and suicide, suicidal ideation wash away. 23 years of the ship, brother, it was gone. I sat smoking cigarettes, observing the events, the changing sky, and fell in love with how my brain structures thoughts and observations. We held a ceremony the following Friday. I attended and was blown away by the events. Maybe I'll write about that another time. After the event, I was given enough mushrooms to last two weeks. I took a microdose every other day. Each day, more genuine self-appreciation came into my consciousness. I've always heard about self-love, which is just a fucking awkward term. Never understood how to experience it. The shrooms made it happen so effortlessly and integrated a loving self-appreciation into my mental perspective. Not sure if it conveys in the tone of this email, but I'm writing from a completely different mind. Before I quit microdosing, I shared the rest of the mushrooms with two of my coworkers on our day off. As I was chewing the largest dose... Oh, I just lost my... Uh... As I was chewing the largest dose I'd taken... The thought came to mind as if the shrooms were speaking to me. What do you want from us? What do you want to learn? At one point during the ayahuasca ceremony, I had slipped into another dimension. There was a note, snug. It was both vocal and mechanical. I asked the shrooms to take me back to that place. The guys, I, the guys and I went to a movie. About 40 minutes in, I looked up at the theater walls. They shifted into this other dimensional place. The ge geometries returned, the deep, dark, incandescent, purple, green, and blue edges of inner space architecture appeared. The gorgeous, hauntingly melodic tone was sung from every direction, coming from everywhere and nowhere simultaneously. Then I was back at the movies, enjoying the waves of the effect on the, on through, through the evening. I haven't continued microdosing. For the most part, the anxiety and criticism haven't returned. The shaman did say he felt like we were old brothers connected from some other time, and the feeling is mutual. He offered me to come to study at his place in Peru without any costs. He's the only person I've met in this practice that opens his house to anyone for a donation of household items or labor. The shaman's daughter from Colombia did message me again, saying they wanted to do a fundraiser to get me back there. For now, I'm going to continue to try and figure out work and positioning myself to be a better parent. 
Much love to you and your team. Thanks for being a guidepost on my path back home. Always listening, Vance. Thanks, Vance. That was a good one. Yeah, another healing story of the psychedelic variety. Yeah, they're usually uh, good for that. Every time you say shaman, I think of salmon. Who's the shaman? Is it shaman or shaman? I don't think shaman. it's shaman. <laughs> shaman, yeah. Thanks. It's a shaman hey, swimming hey, up hey, the stream. These guys, are, these guys hey, are just... You can't just come on the show here and start making fun of Graham. So, I'm sorry. That's sorry. not okay. I, it just it just reminds I, me of salmon. I make fun of Graham around here. Hey, can you tell him that it reminds you of salmon, please? Next time. Okay. I'll save it up. For, now he's ready for it. About that UFO quote, bro. Yeah, man, let's do it. Darren and Graham going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. Okay. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Something I don't really like about this. Oh, there we go. I can just. Oh, no, what happened? Oh, boy. That's a real good jingle, that one. Did you see what happened there? I didn't see what happened. Just fucking disappeared. Huh. Oh, boy. Go finger sweep. No, so now I got a finger. <coughs> I guess I'm not supposed to say that one. Okay, I'll do this one. Oh, I don't want to do that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not usually <laughs> like this. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't in your first episode. Because I made fun of him. Sorry, Darren. Uh, it's all flustered now. Okay, how about a, from an NSA fireman from Apollo 15? Fireman? Uh, sorry, NASA. <laughs> NASA. What? <laughs> NASA. Fireman. <laughs> Shaman. <laughs> what did I say? You mean a fireman? <laughs> what did I say? Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> Broke my virginity was good too. I like that one. Okay. I uttered something that brought us to the attention of Dr. Gilruth and the others. What the crap is that? What caused me to utter that phrase was the object took straight off and went out of sight in less than a second. It may have been longer, but it seemed like it was gone in the blink of an eye. But I was still aware that it had actually gone straight up. One of the men there, I think it was Everett Schaefer, turned and asked what we were doing in the room. And we were told that we were there to inspect the fire alarm panel at the rear of the room and to take our smoke break. And to ask a question of our own, what in the hell was that about? That was Dane Hatton, NASA fireman. Nah. Thanks, Apollo buddy. 15. NASA? But he, see, he can do it. NASA fireman. NASA fireman. That I could can, be a song. I think I should just do another one of these, because the other trip report I had is really long. Like, it's a story. No synchros this week? No, no synchros this week. Do you have any weather reports? Uh, I got some. No, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not going to get into that. But I could do another one of these quickly here. Well, why don't we go into... Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this one is uh, from 1969 to 1972. The ufological activities of this organization were most varied, including the elaboration of an 
information bulletins, a draft of S-I-O-N, no, S-I-O-A-N-I regulations. Soina. Soina. Soinai. Soinai. Contacts with interested parties, panels, catalogs of contacts, and others always attempting to contribute in this field of research that was already well-known in Brazil. That's Colonel Yao Glazer was a specialized UFO bureau called System of Investigation of Unidentified Aerial Objects. Ooh, UAP. Both of these, uh, both of those don't make sense, really. Don't make sense? Yeah, kind of lame quotes. So, sorry, guys. You let yourself down with your unprepared. <gasps> oh, I read the wrong one. Oh, no, that was the other one, yeah. Oh, weird, they're right up. Now you want to do a third one? That's not happening. Spam in your favorite UFO quotes to Graham. Especially if you got secret ones we don't know about yet. Yeah, I'm running out. I'm running low. No, I still got a question. Yeah. Or actually, do you ever get UFO stories emailed to you? That would be yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, we had one. Uh, we had our blog. Did I, didn't I read? Yeah, I read it out uh, from uh, Matt in the Hat. Oh, yeah. blog about it, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember yeah. now. Yeah. So speaking of that, if anyone feel like blogging. Oh, yeah, we're always looking for some bloggers. Check out grammarica.ca. Actually, wait, no, that's the wrong spiel. Uh, what? Not if you play the jingle. Spam, gram. Yeah, uh, send me your stories. GRE. If you're on a blog. Actually, no, if you're on a blog, just email me. H-A-M at grammarica.com. If you're on a blog, just email me. Baron at grammarica.com. I can get you set up there. Of course, um... If you don't want to blog and you want to support the show, you can help out our value for value model. Um, if you feel you receive some value, you can check out grimeamerica.ca slash support. Uh, there's a bunch of different options there. You can get out a monthly, anywhere from like a buck a month to uh, 30 bucks a month for or like eight hours a month or 10 hours a month of solid entertainment. That's a pretty good deal. Anyway, check out that. If you can't do that, then you can always do the one-time donation. And if you can't help out financially, you can... Uh, Review the show wherever you can. Share the show wherever you can. Tell your friends about this motherfucker. Yeah, I can't. I, I hate to keep harping on it, but we don't have any ads, and we don't want to put any ads up. So, but there are a bunch of expenses, so it does help. The donations help a lot. And you can always you know? send in your stories, your synchros. That all helps. As content helps, that all counts towards the model. And jingles. And uh, Sir Felix sent us two this week. So this one's a support jingle. So I'll play it now. <laughs> If they make you laugh, if they make you cry, if they blow your mind, why not go online to grimerica.ca slash support. Right on. Thanks. That's a good one. You know what I'll probably do with that one is like, you know, I'll tack it onto the very, very end of the audio file yeah. now. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. It'll always be the very, very end. Yeah. Thanks, Felix. You've been immortalized on the interwebs. What else you got, motherfucker? That's about it, buddy. Use five more minutes. Yeah? What do you want to talk about? Synchronicity. You want, what, you just want to talk about it, or? I want to rate one. I'm a rambling okay, I got one. With synchronicity. I always got a couple in my back pocket. I'll bet you do. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone. And don't. Right next to your dowsing rods and your slingshot. This is from uh, 
Corey. He says, uh, hey, guys, love the show. The synchronicities, UFO quotes, etc. Plus the general banter you guys do before the interview adds a great quality to the show. So this wasn't even my single, but I figure I'd share it. It involves the NFL and a game while meeting new people in a non-local environment. I play a social strategy game called Clash of Clans in my downtime. And just tonight, my clan merged with another clan. So there's a lot of new people to chat with. Not to mention merging clans is a big decision in the game. So I had a conversation going with a new member where we had lived and eventually asked him what NFL team he roots for. He said the Buffalo Bills and I said the New England Patriots to which he replied, oh boo, considering their arrivals that this is a common type of response. Then I replied, I do like the Bills though, the Jets and the Giants not so much. This is where the conversation changed because he responded, weird, I met another guy, a New England fan today, and he said the exact thing word for word exactly so weird then followed up with dude creeped out a little <laughs> this may be a coincidence or a non-local synchro it's interesting how you come into contact with people even over the internet and have connections in odd ways even though this wasn't a synchro for me i instantly recognize it as a possible one for this dude i just met through a strategy game makes me wonder especially considering most people don't even know what a synchronicity is dude's getting a four <laughs> that's not nice Bye. what if he donated to the show the dude now I, I have no way of knowing what the dude's uh, state of consciousness or what the fuck anything I don't know there's not enough information he's lucky I'm radiant at all wow. if it was his personally and he could explain it with a little more yeah. well maybe it was just the way I read it I read it a little fast so that could have been it. But he's getting, he's wasn't, it wasn't his personally. That's okay. So he's, his, he's going on, he's going on some dude he just met on the internet's word that somebody said that exact phrase. Yeah, like, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to have, no, you know, like no. fucking hardcore yeah. evidence. Yeah, yeah, third yeah. party synchronicity. Third, third party synchro needs pretty hardcore evidence. Wow. Especially for the third party. I don't, authority. Know, I don't know who this fucking third party guy is. He doesn't even listen to the show. You know what I don't he get? He could be anybody. You know what I don't get? How, why if you would play like a Clash of Clans thing and then talk about like NFL. It seems weird. What? Nerds can't like sports or what? Yeah. Not that Clash of Clans is nerdy, but it kind of is, I guess. Right? You know? Well, if I was playing, not that I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm, like I'm was, okay with it. Graham's like, a jock. He doesn't play well with nerds. All right? He's thinking about being What? Yeah. I played right D&D as a kid. If you had your glasses D &D. on right now, Graham would punch you. Graham's getting pretty beefy there, too. Yeah, you know, he's, the look, he's looking in shape. Are, the beefcake's beef running away with him. The kid's looking good. He's going on vacation. That's why. He's getting all Yeah, I had to take his shirt off next week. Cockies, buying shirts a size too small. Yeah. Buying toques a size too small. Notice how he flexes whenever you look at his arms? <laughs> <laughs> and then looks down to make sure his sleeves rolled up enough. If I was, they don't roll up. That's just the way it fits. For all the listeners out there, Graham's looking in pretty good shape here for his cruise. So if I was playing D&D &D as a kid and I, and I met some, let's say we had this role playing thing. Let's pretend you were a nerd. Is, right? I was a nerd. Totally. Okay. I still am a bit. Role playing. Would you talk about the NFL? Like, I don't understand playing a, like a social a game like that in your clan. You have this clan and you're bumping another clan and you talk about like, I think you're stereotyping like, hey, that you're stereotyping yeah. these people in with this Dungeons and Dragons. So you're saying that the, the, the no. Clash of Clans guys can't like the NFL? 
But you're in a wouldn't you just Spam be making ground. stuff up like in your character in the whole that whole world like would you bring well, you back just, you like can't the be NFL? In, you can't be in like real life at you can like football you and D&D you have to just fully immerse yourself and yeah. <laughs> you're in character some yeah, nerds can be jocks <laughs> <laughs> I cast a spell on you yeah, no, I guess these guys need to get laid too hey Graham do you like football no you like any sports? Well, you you play hockey. I play all kinds of sports. I just don't watch them. Okay, but so anymore. if you're playing Clash of Cl- Clash Clans with your buddies and you want to talk about your favorite hockey team, you might even do that, right? I guess. So that there you go. So that yeah. you know, you can. You're be, one you of them. Clash of Clans telling people that UFO you saw in Israel. That's a better story. It was no, because it's weird. It was that, a like, I, would be, I would be. I, I don't. I don't see how you'd be playing online games against other online people and talking about. Why not? I guess uh, I don't know. Talking about life. You're yeah. just playing video games with your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Grandma's racist against video games. You're racist no, against know. UFOs, though, Darren. That's right. You yeah. Know, you were ranting about it on Show 200 Special and Sasquatch. You just don't <laughs> care. You just don't give a shit yeah. about them. I was drinking. <laughs> no, not that time. You don't do that a lot. <laughs> Either he rants and raves about that, or he, he gets really political about Russia. Wasn't he? He was, uh, he was having a man crush on Putin. Putin there, yeah. And then he rips the thought he's going to move to Russia. Counters record off the wall and breaks the glass. Yeah. Can't, can't give him. Out. Watch you. out, motherfucker! Watch <laughs> out, beefcake! You could have probably fought the mountain lion that night. <laughs> I'll fight the feral cats any day. You boys set it up. Ten feral cats. We'll set it up. We need, uh, what's his name from the UFC to put this together for us? Dana, whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah Dana White. Dana White. All right. I think that's about it, eh? Jump into it. I think this is a long interview, actually. Yeah, big thanks to Tanner and Callie, and hope we get a chance to do it again. That's right. Did you give a shout out to whoever gave you this mic? I yeah, we did. We did, but... Yeah. We talked was about the mic. Cause, no, you told me it was coming. Somebody somebody sent the mic to the igloo. They had old recording equipment or whatever. Well, it's not old, but I mean, it's nice. Not, not needed. It didn't come and, with a uh, note or anything, though. Uh, if I if it did, I brought it in here and showed you. <laughs> you gave it to me at work. You told me to take it out of the front seat of your car. I don't know. I don't well, think thanks for the mic. Yeah. yeah, it's hanging up in the igloo. It looks good. James is using it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, that's there's some more value for value. Exactly, that's, that's some good stuff right there. That's right. All I right, always guys. need to replace cords and shit. It's always, always something going on. Actually, I'm surprised that nothing. Ha- oh yeah, actually, you had to reboot your computer a couple times today, but not updated. Oh, all right, that's it. So support the show, right. everybody. Yeah, uh, support the show and enjoy the chat with Callie and Tanner.
right, so here in the igloo in person tonight, we have Tanner and Callie from the Genesis Thought Lab podcast, and they've got a couple projects uh, besides that. They've been to all the festivals and stuff, and we want to talk about their shit. It's warmer with four people. It is. is It was super cold when we first got in here. So yeah, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for coming. It's great to be here. having us. Nice to finally see the igloo. We should hire an intern for the winter. (laughs) An intern for just why? Just to sit <laughs> in here and warm up? <laughs> yeah. Hop between you two and give you hugs yeah, when the other one gets cold? <laughs> Joey well, used to do that. I'm hoping uh, it's going to get warmer, but like I've only been in Calgary a few years, and some people tell me it could just stay like this all year. And I'm like, what the fuck? But, it's oh. all over the place all the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually feel like winter came at the right time this year, though. Like Usually it comes at like a month or month and a half earlier than this so yeah it wasn't right. too bad like i remember like 10 years ago like it was just fucking minus 20 for two months yeah really yeah, yeah. So then, that's what they're talking and it about it would dip down from that down to like i remember it was like fucking minus 50 kyle's truck was frozen fucking solid for a week and a half he couldn't go to work <laughs> it was just frozen my car was frozen you just stay home well that's what's so funny about the media and the way that they're like representing our winter right now is like i've seen so many articles being like this is the coldest winter that alberta has in or has had in the last two years like wait two years, two years. Yeah, that's two not years. that long like you're really accentuating not, the wrong part of this story that's not a good sample size <laughs> it was only fucking four years ago I was getting $600 heat and hydro bills yeah because your furnace is just running constantly yeah that's how it's been for the last couple of weeks this house isn't as drafty as the old one though huh. that's good yeah, this is this is okay. We'll we'll stay warm in the igloo. We got. I did see the power thing though. We use like the most power ever. That could be the igloo. That's just because Grand America's online while it's cold. Do you guys get flagged by the cops for having an irregular power signal? <laughs> <laughs> they think it's a grow up that come in here. It's just yeah. it's just a, basically like a Faraday cage full of electrical like EMF and all. In, in the way. It pr- we might have problems if we podcast it on like a twelve hour on, twelve hour off schedule. Oh yeah, yeah. I got every day at fucking four o'clock it turns on. <laughs> no, I think but honestly it is about uh I've been tracking it this year. Take it watching the electrical bill and it's about when the heaters are running in here, I figure it's costing about twenty five or thirty bucks a month. That's not, that's not too, too bad. bad. No, we keep it chilly though. That's like yeah. we set it maybe ten degrees. Well, considering like look at all these screens and then the mics and then the lights oh, and, and everything. Uh, who like... knows what it runs? I'd be. I wonder if I can get it into like an hour by hour and check Tuesday night's power. <laughs> so that's that's five, right five, five dollar subscription. So thanks to all those people <laughs> yeah. donating, donating to the show. Yeah, because if the volcano is in here, if you like run the volcano at the same time <laughs> as the heater. <laughs> or if you turn on that heater while this heater's on, everything shuts off. Yeah, no, it's perfect in here right now, though. It's yeah, not too it was bad. chilly before. I mean, there's snow on the roof, but... Last good. week was chilly. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like minus 30 in oh. here, and it was just like, all the heaters cranked, it was just not enough to warm up, but just enough to like fend off the cold. <laughs> <laughs> so besides uh, podcasting, you guys do shows as well? Like you guys promote shows and stuff? Yeah. Is that, is that, does that slow down during the winter at all or? No, no. well, winter is when we're the most busy because like during the summer is when we're out and we're touring the festivals because oh, we both right, DJ right. them and like perform with them together. And also he's him being involved with the sanctuary and everything. So we travel over the summer and do all of these festivals. And then when we come back, we will usually do a show once every like few months just to keep it fresh yeah you know, a few one. months we try and do every, like one every two months because yeah. anything yeah. other than that more than i that, say just, few i mean two yeah. i know yeah. that's not proper but <laughs> that's a couple 
Yeah. 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 I got that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) No, yeah. uh, The summer is our off season. That's when we just go out kind of uh, gallivanting from festival to festival. This year was the most intense one that we had, though, because we got married uh, in June, middle of June. And then the very next weekend was our first festival. And then subsequently nine more after that. Every weekend. It was a really heavy festival. And then we got kind of randomly dragged out to Burning Man again this year, which is a pretty hefty commitment. I mean, it's three days to drive down. We took four days to drive back. It's like a nine-day festival. Him and I had a week to decide whether or not we were going to, you know, take all of the time and spend all the money to go to Burning Man this year. It was offered to us as a honeymoon opportunity, though, because we had our wedding and we didn't really get any time to have us time. Yeah. We went into responsibilities and like as, as fun as going out to these music festivals is, we brought the podcast this year out to all the festivals. We developed like a, uh, a deep cycle battery system and we brought it out to, to podcast with people at the festivals out in the middle of the field, untethered to power. It was really, it was fun, but it was too much. Yeah. Like we, we overcommitted and we were pretty much working every festival and we didn't really get a honeymoon. So a nice friend of ours, Millie, she kind of saw that she saw how over exerted we were. And she was like, you know, like I need someone to drive a trailer full of stuff down to the Nevada, Nevada desert for burning man. I got a ticket vehicle pass and some money. Do you want it? Do you, can you just like drive a bunch of my stuff down for me? And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to make that decision in like a week's notice, but mm-hmm. it was, it's kind of an easy decision because burning yeah. man is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, we got to talk about that a little bit later. Burning yeah, man, yeah I want to go to it's on my bucket Because we can really, you guys have been a few times, right? Have you? Yeah, this, this year was our third. third. Okay, yeah. that's a few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, so uh, what else was I going to say about that? Oh, I heard you guys talking about that with your podcast of because I, I came back from from. Uh, Astral, Astral Harvest, Harvest and I was blown away by a ski ski tour. Ski right? tour, yeah. Honestly, like I'm totally new to to all this, but I like all these different kinds of music. But for some reason, they blew. And then you guys were telling me, like, oh, yeah, I heard you talking about that. We did a podcast with them, so I went back yeah. and listened to it. And they, in that podcast, you were talking about your honeymoon and your trip to uh, the Burning Man. I think I don't know if you talked about going to Burning Man or just you just came back. Maybe when you talked to ski I wasn't tour, there for but... ski tour. I was off in Pennsylvania visiting my dad. <clears throat> yeah, that was actually uh, our friend Lindsay that was filling in for that oh, right. episode. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, right, but right. Callie was in Pennsylvania and I think that we recorded that episode in winter last year. Yeah. Right. So it was, would have been before. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of in the yeah. halfway point. Um, yeah. But honestly, like after you've been to Burning Man, you just can't stop talking about it. It's actually kind of funny because this year there was a YouTube video that somebody made, like just, it went viral and it was just the, the stereotypical dude that comes home from Burning Man and his girlfriend is just like, how was Burning Man? And he just flips out on her, right? Like, how was what do you Man? mean? How was Burning Man? And it just, it, it's an over exaggerated kind of, situation but the the video is quite accurate though yeah it's very accurate it's nine days it's nine days front to back i think it opens on a saturday or a sunday and then it closes on the following monday we usually go for the five so it's like stampede yeah Yeah, but like hot and sweaty and dehydrated a fucking haul if you're giving her but have you ever have you ever done like done stampede and done it every day yeah yeah (laughs) no yeah my younger days i used to take it off every year that was a week of my holidays and i'd save up like three grand and just fucking go (laughs) hog wild for a week he has a pretty good story about partying with a with a train driver while the guy's driving the train i drove the sea train one year yeah Yeah, it's such I a could, Calgary thing to I'm say. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to write a, uh, a book one day on my stampede experience. Uh, maybe on my deathbed. Oh, I'll but buy that. That I'll was in it. my, uh, in now now I try and we go down one day usually now. Usually on the last Sunday. Yeah. Because you go down in the morning, you can usually get free parking. 
Yeah. All the kid shit is half price. Oh, man, so now I just take the kids. Still, it's like three grand just for a day nowadays. You know, like you're going as a family. Yeah. It's got to be brutal. I've never Well, we get the free entry, anything. right? You get free entry till noon on the last day. Oh, okay. So that saves like it's got the 60 info. bucks yeah. right there. Yeah. I just like, I've never gone to Stampede for more than one day. Maybe sometimes twice if I'm feeling lucky, but you just, you spend so much money on rides and booze deep fried food deep fried food it's It's too too much much. i can't imagine doing all of that for a week because that's not healthy it's different like going out to music festivals and stuff like burning man we're like yeah you're getting drunk as hell in the desert still and spending unnecessary amounts of money but like there's education there's workshops yeah and not and not and not everybody's drinking right it's not too it's not like stampede type drinking like it's not 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 everybody well you know okay burning Uh. man at Burning Man, alcohol, it, like everything is free. Uh, every, like alcohol is free everywhere you go. Like everything's free. Of, there are no, there is no money. Yeah, one of the ten, ten principles of Burning Man is decommodification, and it's basically like a, a utopia where money doesn't exist. It's a gifting economy. Everybody is inspired to bring something to give to their fellow burner experience. Um, wow. and it's without it kinda, expectation of receiving anything yeah. in return. There's no bartering. There's no trade. It's right, just, right. I, I would like it's, you to have this. Wow. Yeah. So every camp, like uh, the camp that we were involved with last year, I mean, we, we bring our liquor donation, you stock the bar, you stock it to the ceiling. And then I think two of the days that we're down there, you, you host your camp party and you just go around and draw people in and be like, come on in open bar, you know, people playing music. And it's actually, it creates a really cool vibe because you get people that were just, you know, kind of walk into the bathroom and you go grab their arm and throw them in there. And two hours later, they're just loaded at the bar and wow. just having the greatest day. <laughs> but everything like liquor is free. So point being like people are drunk 24 yeah. seven mm-hmm. if they want to be. Right. Um, There's also a ton of like free food and um, just like random gifts that people will make like necklaces and pendants that represent whatever camp they're at. And acid. Well, we give you a solid maybe. <laughs> what was I? I remember listening to someone talking about Burning Man on the Joe Rogan show, and they had like their thing had like fucking surveillance vans and shit. They were able to, oh, but he was, was able to like tap into satellite yeah, footage yeah. and check out some fucking that? war was... that was going on on the other side of the world, yeah, all was, from Burning Man. That was Bruce Damer from yeah. uh, that's he, right. he works for NASA, and that's he was actually right. yeah, I was surprised. That's to hear. how you say NASA. that's correct (laughs) correct pronunciation (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a really interesting take of burning man because he was talking about what it's like inside one of those camps that's walled off from the public and that's really discouraged out there they don't they like one of the the camps at burning man it was called called the plyagon it was the nasa and the the pentagon it was their camp what (laughs) so and he was talking about this did they park their rvs like a pentagon I would hope so. Yeah. Seriously, you always have to, right? If it's they like, don't, okay, that's we need wasted. five RVs. <laughs> you get a bunch of government officials. Like, if you're already into Burning Man, like you would have. Ha- you, I feel like it'd be a sin to not like put effort like that yeah, into right. your camp and make a pun out of it. We should do that. We should rent five RVs. No, I was. Well, like, you guys have, make we'll an igloo out secret, there. We'll yeah. have a secret. That's we'll have to just keep <laughs> replenishing it because it's melting. <laughs> that could be Graham's job. Silver just make it out of styrofoam, recycled styrofoam or something. <laughs> styrofoam bricks. I was actually yeah. going to encourage you guys to like make it out there because we found out that D- uh, Duncan Trussell made it out this last year, and like we were going to bring our mobile podcast set up again, and like it's like propose road trip. You want to like go down did to you the bring Nevada it? desert? Yeah, we d- we did. We didn't yeah. use no it though. No trouble on the uh, over the border. Mm-hmm. No, no trouble over the border. We're always a little worried driving over with our like bag of tricks that they're gonna open it up and just be like, "What the fuck yeah. is happening?" Well, when we went down to a pirate party in Montana, we got grilled about that on the way back up into Canada. We got really harshly drilled, and he was like, "What's all this equipment for?" 
and I tried to explain that it was a podcast. And I was actually worried at that point that he was going to ask if we were working in the states. Yeah, you know, and exactly. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I maybe we, shouldn't have told. No, we're just him. doing we it for fun. One. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I told him it was like we we just have a podcast. We just drive around to festivals and kind of document the culture. That was an interesting experience, though, because like he asked us that, and then he also asked us like, "Oh, you guys are coming from a music festival. What are the odds that anything that you own has come into contact with anything illegal?" And we're like. We're at a music festival, yeah. like probably pretty high. Man, you like, brush shoulders yeah. with somebody, you're covered in something. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's really like tough going through a border when like, we don't really smoke pot and like, I always get grilled. Like I, you know, having dreadlocks, yeah. we always just get totally profiled and, and yeah. yeah I get to go right through. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, you're not, you don't look like a hippie like we do. I'm always worried though, that they're going to just like, if they ever like I'm actually more worried they're gonna look in the bag and we always have like magnets and cards and shit to give away. Yeah. yeah. And they'll see the fucking Moai smoking a joint and they're Google Grimerica and then yeah, we're yeah. in trouble. Yeah. That's that's pretty <clears throat> much Other what than happened. That, we're okay. But if they're like, What's this Grimerica shit, boys? Why is this guy yeah. smoking a joint? Plus they look at the last episode and some like anti American literally <laughs> 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 shit, what have we done? Yeah. I, that was similar to what happened to, to Jesso when he got uh, denied access across the border because he was crossing from a music festival and somebody had left I think it was like a bag of mushrooms. He didn't his, have anything. but He didn't just, have anything that he knew about. Somebody had left like a bag of mushrooms like tucked in behind the It was the a crumb curtain. or something. It was a crumb. It, yeah, it was a super small amount. But then they Googled his name and found all of the books that <laughs> oh, he had written boy. on psilocybin yeah. mushrooms as tools and medicine. Wow. And they straight up denied him entry and he's never allowed back. He was going down to, to uh, give a speech in like Washington or something oh, like that. Oh, that's brutal. Out of the States. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. And then we saw him a few days later and it was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like you're supposed to be on tour in the states he gave us like some tinctures to hang on to and he comes yeah. back he's like yeah i guess i can have those back now yeah he had <laughs> he had stuff that wasn't illegal he just had a bunch of tinctures and he left them with us uh in Merritt, bc mm-hmm. before he went across the border and he was just like can you hold on to these because the border's probably gonna give me a hard time sure enough he went across the border and got a hard time and mm-hmm. they just decided to look up his name and now he can't go into the states oh, oh, i'm gonna say really googled harsh. our name that time when we were just going to spokane for the day yeah i <laughs> thought so too but then i don't and they made they us pull did. over but if you google my name not much comes up it doesn't it doesn't correlate my name to america no. I'll check right Best now. to keep it that no, way, I don't, probably. I don't think it does yours either. No. I think I've checked. Maybe. Depends. <laughs> Soon enough, probably. We're just finally getting out there a little bit more as far as, like, letting ourselves That's when we're in there. trouble. Yeah. Well, you, think, you, you probably take all the flack with the spam gram thing. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. the target. Nobody realizes Grimes and America. There's, like, a connection there. <laughs> so check out this. They were showing me on the map before you got in here, Darren. That is Burning Man, the city. The third biggest during Burning Man, it's the third biggest city in Nevada. Yeah, but right it's now on it's, Google it's, Maps. it's the roads it's are all Google. piped in and everything. Yeah, yeah. just permanent roads. Well, it was no. it was the thirtieth year this year, but no, it's not permanent. It's, it's a, temporary. a temporary city. They set up flags and you just same place every year, same yeah. spot. So you can probably see all the old like tracks and stuff. For, no, no, no? They, it all they, gets dusted over. They stay really, there for eh? like a month afterwards and they recondition the land. It's it's on a leave no trace basis. They're they're allowed to use that land. It's like BLM land, right? So they're allowed to use it. As long Black as... Lives Matter? <laughs> no, Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> 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 
No, but they clean it up really well. They they literally find like sift through the the playa dust with a fine tooth comb and pick out yeah. every last piece. Well, and it's 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 on. Like, Everybody does that. That's like group effort type thing. You, or yeah, it, every camp is supposed to, and actually, you get rated on how well you cleaned up your specific spot. Afterwards. And that determines whether or not you're allowed to come back and do your camp next year. If you're yeah. really shitty at cleaning up, and they won't let you come back and do another camp next year. And then year. they do a, a a grand clean of the whole area. Um, huh. But they they release something called the moop map, and like moop is uh, matter out of place. And they basically, they'll shame you if you were kind of... Kind of like an part, like an out-of-place artifact. Yeah. <laughs> Same concept. Can you uh, can you donate to their foundation and then just leave it dirty? Leave it dirty? <laughs> <laughs> but there's no money, though. There's kidding. no money. You give them beer to clean up. I was just thinking That's about how different. Darren, Darren increases the synchro rating if you donate to the show. I'm reeling that back since you've aligned to me with Clinton corruption. So I'm trying to reel that in. I kind of noticed it, though. I remember you were, you were really hard on the synchros, and then it got kind of soft. Well, they mention in the note that they donated. So not, I mean, I... I can't help but feel obliged to give them a decent score. They've supported the show. Yep. You know, it's, See, now this it's is now, less now. than it's less than one percent of people that will support the show. Mm-hmm. So when someone supports it, but now you know how Hillary feels when she's in front of the president. <laughs> and they give you twenty five million. She's like, well, they just, I just like, you know, my my heart felt obligated, kind of just twenty five million, and now they want this change in policy. Like, oh. I suppose the difference is that America is not publicly traded or a government. That's true. Yet. True. Yet. Yeah. Until Darren I'd never go mayor. public. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd never go public. <laughs> yeah, what happens if you do run for mayor? Are you going to continue on the podcast and yeah. be the mayor of Chestermere? If I'm st- you know, see if I'm still podcasting in 10 years, but I think that would be like an added niche. It would make you like the hipster. Isn't it a conflict of interest? You're like the like guy Trump who doesn't have company. cable. <laughs> <laughs> that, can a mayor have a conflict of interest? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you better look into that before you. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think you'd be okay. Maybe not. It's only one way to find out, really. Yeah. Because by then, I mean, my biggest my biggest um, beef problem would probably be my pot smoking, and in ten years, it'll be probably better than Ralph Klein's drinking. Oh come on! <laughs> Obama made it to president, and, and he, he was one of the smoked pot. Klein was one of the best leaders this fucking province ever had, and he was half cut down at the King Eddie most of the time. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's truth. I think that's where we'll go back. They'll just want you know an average Joe was never supposed to be a politician, right? You that figure, was never the idea. You figure probably in ten years though, marijuana will be in a way better place oh, than it is gonna now. It's going to be crazy. Uh, the fact. I think in 10 or 20 years from now, like by the time my kids are my age, for sure, it'll be like people won't believe that um, pot used to be stigmatized more than alcohol was. Yeah. Well, it's because, like how we can't believe that alcohol went through prohibition at the same time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. I think mushrooms, like when we were down in, in Washington. That's not happening. <laughs> Not in our life. Just wait. Just wait. Okay, like, when we were down at the dispensary and they've got like the whole, like, it's like a modern store, right? Yeah. And, and, you we know, went into one of those. And I thought to myself, mushroom, this is going to happen with mushrooms sooner or later. I know, but he doesn't agree. He thinks it's a little bit, I mean, I, I think, think it they're should. Close. I think it I, should. I, yeah. Whether it should and whether it will are two different things. Yeah, though. I think true. the chances that you're going into a store someplace that's not like Portugal or fucking <laughs> someplace like that, any place in the Western world, let's go yeah. with that. We and buying a- mushrooms off the shelf is not happening. We had Medical, a really, maybe. <laughs> we had a really interesting experience um, 
the first year we drove down to Burning Man and we drove through Washington and that was that was the first year that uh, marijuana was legal there. Oh yeah. And us as tourists, like we really wanted to have like again, Tanner and I don't really smoke weed. Like we will like here and there if you know the set and setting is right or whatever. So we're driving through with a couple of our friends. We really want to have that like touristy like buy marijuana over the counter without having to like have a card or whatever. Like show us a dispensary. And we asked around a little bit and couldn't really find anybody. There was, like, one guy we walked up behind. He's, like, covered in tattoos. Like, hey, can you, like, we're looking for a dispensary. He's like, oh, I got I got crack. I got coke. I got whatever We're like, no, 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 no. We're tourists. Run. Run. We are tourists. <laughs> so, anyways, we find this dispensary. We're, like, looking around and, like, looking at all their merch and stuff like that. And uh, the conversation that we had with this guy was just, you know, they're they're allowed to sell us their pot. That's legal, but they can't bank any of their money because it's still a federal offense. Yeah, that's right. And it's also illegal for them to sell any of their merchandise because it's promoting like illicit drug culture still. They were also wow. they were selling things. It was it was fairly expensive. I think they had stuff for like ten or twelve dollars a gram or something. And and like the high bucks was pricey. thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. But, but they also said that they were making absolutely zero profit and they were just kinda like covering the cost. Uh, like because wow. there was only one licensed one pe- person or organization that could distribute it to you, they had a monopoly on the pricing. So they were charging too much and they were hoping that just to get their foot in the market and like show the vote of confidence for this stuff being legal and available so that when things turned around and the market opened up to different distributors, the prices would come down and competition mm-hmm. would come to the market. And But they said that they were operating like dangerously because they were having trouble depositing the money and at the same time not making any money. They were just kind of trying to pioneer like what was going on there, which was respectable. Oh yeah. It's like Matt, you can go down hard for that. Right? I think it's changed now because I was down there a couple months ago and they're fucking. Oh yeah. Ass, oh yeah. Right? No, it's totally changed. I was driving down the road and we're like, Oh, well, we got to find a dispensary here soon. And I just fucking flapping in the wind, a giant yeah. roadside sign with the dude, the dude with the <laughs> oh, wacky waving inflatable yeah, arm flailing And it says too, fucking man. cannabis. <laughs> you just yeah. pull in. And I actually found that the first time wasn't as good. Kind of like sex. It was like I was really excited and it was kind of awkward and I wasn't quite sure what to do. And then I bought some weed and got out of there. But then, you know, like the fifth time I go into one, you're like, you know, you can enjoy it more because you're comfortable. You're not feeling fucking sketched out like I shouldn't be doing this, but I am. But well, it's, just, it's like the same time, like with the first time you smoke weed in the first place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a wonderful <laughs> analogy. <laughs> I did the uh, pot tour down to Seaside and back. We had a pretty good time. Me and my wife went with no kids, went to Seaside and stayed in a hotel there. And um, yeah, it was nice. We were able to, we went through Washington, Oregon. The scenery was beautiful. Yeah, it is. There's fucking dispensaries along the side of the road the entire way. Mm, left his car to the you can rats. Buy, you can buy pre-rolls. Six bucks or nice. five bucks or something, yeah. Yeah, the car, the rats. Yeah, rodent car. damage. Apparently, rodent damage <laughs> from the. Yeah, that's what the dealership said. Anyways, I don't buy it. What rodent damage on the joints? No, on my car. <laughs> oh, oh. <right. laughs> so we got we got stuck in Seattle for a day on the way back. It was tragic. Went to Kirk Cobain's house and the Museum of Rock and Roll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was great. Actually, it was a, probably it cost a little more than we anticipated. Which is, I mean, the the extra day probably ended up costing us almost a thousand bucks. Whoa! Because is, it was with, two with nights a hotel room and four hundred bucks American to fix the car, <laughs> and then you know we spent a bunch of money in Seattle that we wouldn't have spent otherwise. But it, in the end, it was great. Seattle was awesome. There was um, coming out of Burning Man this year. Um, 
Tanner had a really interesting experience. It was me and my buddy, our buddy that we drove down with tearing down the camp and Tanner had to drive one of our other friends out to the uh, to the bus terminal so that he could catch his bus back into I think it was Reno he San was Francisco. or San Francisco yeah so he could catch his bus and we're tearing down the camp and he's taking a super long time and it's the middle of the day it's hot as hell in the desert you don't know what the fuck is going on you're dehydrated it's the end of the week you're partied out and uh, Austin and I are just sitting there like where the hell is he like he's taking a long time and I'm trying to keep it in my head that like. There must be a very good reason. Like, he wouldn't just stitch out on us like that. And uh, I don't know if you want to take over yeah, from here. Well, <laughs> to tell the story as short as possible, I guess. Like, there was a guy that just ran up and banged on my window. And was like, I need, like, me and my four friends need to be driven to the airport. Like, can you get us to the airport with our stuff? And I was like, yeah, I'll be back in, like, five or eight minutes. I can help you out. And he's like, I'll give you, like, a thousand bucks, man. And I was like, dude, you don't need to give me money. Like, I'll drive you to the airport. It's, like, six or eight minutes that way. And so I came back and picked them all up and drove them out there. And it was just like this random, like they kind of grouped together and they were like, yeah, we're going to pay it forward. And he just starts pulling out this wad of hundreds and just starts flipping thousand dollars American. You're, you're telling the short version of the story. Yeah, it's, it's short, but you're it, like, pretty, con- you're pretty convinced that it was Colin Farrell and yeah. that he, he didn't mention a thousand bucks right off the bat. Well, yeah, he sort of did, but he, I'm, I'm almost positive <laughs> that it was Colin Farrell, but cause like he, he kind of slipped on the accent at one point. But he was speaking mostly American accent, which I know he's good at. Yeah, the eyebrows. But, Did he seem like he was bad acting? <laughs> no, he, Call he's, like, like he's, a, he's, uh, he's a badass, right? He's the one that yeah, was talking about getting hookers like pizzas. <laughs> I think that's him, right? It could be. I mean, like, he, I like he gave me a term, thousand He though. seems like, yeah, I remember an interview with him, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I get hookers, but he's like, this is like ordering a pizza for you. <laughs> he's like, I've, I've I got so imagine. much money. Well, I mean, one of our friends was camped with uh, Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry. Like, there's just such a celebrity thing going on. Like, Coachella is bad for it, too. There's yeah. just the, the Paris Hilton effect. Mm. Oh, but, yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah. That's a hooker Tanner, guy. Tanner, look at that yeah. face and tell me it wasn't Colin Farrell. I know what Colin Farrell looks like. <laughs> he was wearing sunglasses, so I couldn't verify the eyebrows. But, uh... He's a I'm, sexy motherfucker. You mean the eyebrow? <laughs> How, the eyebrow. eyebrow. How could you say no to that thing? <laughs> Still, I'm, he tried I'm, to say no. He said he didn't want his money. And yeah, he's I like, said well, I wouldn't take it because it just seemed absurd to take a thousand, you a thousand yeah. bucks like pizza. It yeah. was a, it was a five minute drive. Well, and I was also driving them to the airport to to leave Burning Man on a private jet, basically, right? Yeah. So it was like I'm positive that was Colin Farrell, and then, right? And I kind of drove I, I drove away from it. Like one thing about the the Burning Did you take Man the money culture, in the I, end? I, well, he said that he was like, you don't have to take it. I'll put it in your back seat if you want. Like you don't have to take it from me, but you're, I'm going to leave it with you. Was it this guy? <laughs> Oh God! Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he came back. <laughs> well, and it's funny because, like, because our experience was gifted to us, like the very nature of it was gifted we to prepared. us. We weren't prepared. We weren't even sure that we'd have enough money to make it back. And uh, Tanner's cargo trailer, the one that got drawn on that we were talking about before, um, it uh, the tread on the tires was really wearing away, and we we weren't even sure if it was going to make it back in one piece. Yeah, like, like one let alone us having the money to. Bulge. to yeah, let alone have the money to pay for it. So us having this thousand bucks really helped us get back. He got his tire changed. We went for epic sushi, sushi yeah. all the way back. Like yeah, hotels wow. just it, it paid for the trip home. Oh, yeah. that's it, great. But the thing is, like the point of the whole story is just how bizarre. Like every single year at Burning Man, the, the strangest things happen. Like you want to rate synchros, go to the desert oh, for a dude. week and just like exist in that environment and how bizarre. I'm gonna go one day. Yeah, we want to go. We want to yeah. go one day for sure, and I mean, we, we'll do it like with the podcast in mind, obviously. Totally. That's but, what, but can you can you? Because I see all these uh, 
Can you give us a visual picture of it as well? Because I see all these things where I see this huge like art exhibition and sometimes I flip through like on Instagram or something, yeah. pictures and well, all, but then, but then you see nothing around it either. Right. Like it, it yeah. just, it, it just seems like it's all these like hidden little gems or like zoom back into it for a second. <laughs> yeah, zoom back in. Cause like, um, the Valley that it's in is actually really, really wide. It's gotta be like 10 it's, miles wide or so. It would take, miles. I would say like if you're, you need a bike when you go to Burning Man, you don't yeah. want to walk everywhere cause you'll never get anywhere. And even on a bike, you'll never see everything. It's 70,000 people. What if you just huge. jog around? Like, oh, you, right. you want to yeah. jog all week in yeah, the desert? You have fun. Around, yeah, have that, a shirt off. That circle, the circle is too much. He just runs diameter. like the Terminator. He never slows down. He's like, <laughs> we're back here, like driving. It's like, like the Running Man. Running Man at Burning Man. That'd be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> that whole diameter is two miles. We'll just throw a GoPro on Graham and make a documentary, sell <laughs> so it to Netflix. So it's like almost three kilometers, right? So, yeah. So, so all of the art, you're not going to be able to, it's actually 3.2 kilometers. All of the art is situated like this. There's art that happens all the way out here. Yeah. It's called the deep playa out there and far between. And like half the time during the day when you're biking out there, these like crazy white out dust storms pick up. Like you can't even see like your hand two feet in front of you. If you're following people around, you got to be able to make sure that you're within earshot. Cause even then, like the wind is so intense that. It just like cuts through any sound that you're trying to shout at somebody. So if you if you lose somebody, they're gone. I'll just show you a video. Is it always yeah. windy it there? Like, no. Not always. No. Does it get like sketchier near the fringes, or they're like bad neighborhoods, bad no. burning no. man neighborhoods? Like no. you get farther out to the desert. No, but you like... will get you will get like the super old school burners who have been there like all thirty years, and they're all shitty about it. Like, oh, Burning Man isn't like, what it used to be. Burning like, man. All these yeah, kids with their electronic music yeah. coming in, and <laughs> their LED lights. Yeah. yeah, with the hipping and the hopping <laughs> and the bipping and the bopping. Yeah, if you can this, see. There's a video on my phone here of a uh, dust storm that we got stuck in. You can barely see the sun. We had just lost. One of our friends at this point. Yeah, you basically you're grounded for like 20 minutes. Yeah. You just hit the dirt. You don't know which yeah. way is which. You can You hope that an art car is driving by and playing music so that you can like just follow it. it. It's just a great but video. There's no, there's pirates no, like, and who's who's pirate flag? <laughs> there's just no vehicles there running around or anything. Like you don't have to worry about getting run down or anything. Yeah, oh, you, you do. do. Yeah, oh, you definitely do. <laughs> <Super>. um, <laughs> That's okay. one thing at night. At night, you have to really like you have to light yourself up really well. You have to have stuff dangling off you with lights. Otherwise, everybody runs by you and they call you dark wad. Because yeah, you'll get hit by a car. They'll be like, you're... so Burning Man, they put the onus on the people to have the lights instead of the cars. Oh, it's it's the, it's that amusement park where you sign the waiver when you're walking in and oh, you're yeah. like, you know what you're getting into. Don't fuck up. So you glow know. sticks. Yeah. Glow sticks aren't bright. Aren't, they're not bright enough. No? No. Yeah. You need LED. You need just something that's flashing, something that draws the attention. Because these cars, sometimes they're they're booking along the desert and they've got a bar on the first level, a bar on the second level. Like and a double, no lights double decker bus. <laughs> yeah, they got lights, but... They're you blasting know. loud music, yeah. and if you're super dark and trying to shout at them to stop, hey guys, because, you know, you know <laughs> splat. Yeah, no, it's it's rough. You got to be on your toes out there. Plus, they pretty much burn everything. They light everything on fire. There was a story that I heard of a. This was a couple of years before our first year. There was a couple that got crushed because they decided to set up their tent in oh, the no, deep playa. That was one of the earlier Burning Man's. I think somebody oh, okay. had a tent out there, and there was. People like driving around in a four by four, just like shooting guns out the window and just full tilt. And I guess they just went right over a tent. Wow. So yeah, there has been, there has been a fair amount of deaths yeah. in the 30 years of burning. That would man. be Graham's little two man tent there. He's I have mine's a one man. Took a break from his job. Not even two man. <laughs> just no. like a tube sock. <laughs> <laughs> I really also, like one of those caterpillar ones that like, Kinda, just like fold yeah. out of no, a hula no, hoop. Not, not quite. <laughs> it's pretty bad. So, so solo camping. 
So what was your uh, what was your experience like at Astral? That's one thing I wanted to like really connect yeah. with you about. Oh, yeah. he had a blast. He was like yeah. giddy for like a week. After that. <laughs> I remember you roasting him about it being a rave. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking rave. It's a rave. Was it a rave? It's a rave. Oh, yeah. okay. well, you were like, it's different from a rave though. Well, yeah, I, I know. I've been to I've been to some festivals for sure. And they're like raves. They're like raves that turn well, off. What festival have you been to? Like, I don't think you've been to these types of festivals. Like Lollapalooza doesn't count. That really. doesn't count. That's not the same. Yeah, it's in the same kind of world, right? It's music at night. Uh, yeah. I remember I used to go to End of the World Festival out by Kenora, and there used to be like a guy on a bike that drove around selling chocolate covered mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds similar. Yeah. And then I've done the, I can't remember what it was called, but I've definitely done the electronic music. When I used to do like more ecstasy and stuff, I used to love to yeah. go find some music and just groove. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that, that element's always still there with the Western Canadian music festivals, but like nowadays it's one of those like greatest times to be alive because there's, it's, it's incredible what they're doing out there. I mean, you can attest to the main stage at Astro Harvest, like the audiovisual experience, all the video mapping. I think that's oh, a team yeah, totally. from Mexico that comes up and does this. This year was the yeah. craziest shit I've ever seen at Astro Harvest for the main stage. I yeah. couldn't, it's I just, was trying so hard to listen and dance to the music, but the whole time I was just standing there like, this is fucking cool. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, that's what I liked about it is like, I didn't partake in any kind of drugs or alcohol at all. So I stayed clean and sober throughout, but I was, but I definitely felt like high from the music and, yeah. Yeah. and just from the environment, the people and the art. So I loved, uh, probably a little bit of contact, how you bump into people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. And then coming away from like ski tour, ski tour, like it was, it was crazy. Like yeah. I was just patrol, like, isn't it? No, ski, ski tour. tour. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys have a knack at hyping up a crowd, though. Yeah, there was something about it. I ended up there. I didn't even know it was them. I just ended up there, and I'm like, who are these guys? What's going on? Like, I was just taking... I can picture it. Taking... You don't know what's away, going on. Glow sticks. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're being, like, covered in this, like, snow foam. You're like, where's this coming from? Yeah, yeah they're in their goggles, ski goggles. I'm like, why is, why is people There's people, like, stomping through the crowd with actual skis on in their poles, yeah. dancing. Yeah, they get an awesome crowd response. They have a gimmick, but it works so well. Like, in the, even yeah. in the heat of summer, you see people like crowding around the the stage when they're about to go on and they're in their goggles and <laughs> like their vests and their snow pants. And it's and like hot as hell in the middle of the day. You're like, yeah. you guys are diehards. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I like that. And I did some of the workshops. I like the whole, like the whole, like learning about stuff. Like yeah. there was some cool workshops, learning about yourself and partnering up with people and like having some pretty deep conversations. Like I love, and I, and I felt like no sleep and this was, yeah, very little sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, and the one day, the one morning, the last morning, I was like, why does the music, it's not stopping at all. And like my tent is miles away from the stage, but I can still feel it thumping and it. And it was ski tour and I didn't realize it just playing all these old remixes and all that. And I'm like, I was kind of half asleep. Then I wake up to this old 70s song being remixed. Like, what's going on? It's still going on. So all, mm -hmm. all morning long. Yeah. But, you, um, did you get a chance to like, like check out the sanctuary at all and like peek your head in and see what no, it's about? No, no, not really. No, yeah. I wasn't sure what to do with that. Raven. So. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but the, uh, the feeling I got was that it really is like a different, uh, culture, like, like mm -hmm. yeah. different than what we're used to here. Like it's, it, it is to me and it's, it sounds so cliche and it's all cliche, but it, it really is kind of like love and, and light mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Like it just seemed like people were just really, there wasn't any any conflict or violence or I didn't even get the sense that they can, I mean, I'm sure it could happen with, with, uh, with, with that type of, you know, maybe people having bad trips or whatever, or, yeah. but it really felt 
genuinely mm-hmm. open yeah, about like lack of judgment along and, yeah yeah and then, and that's what that's what was interesting is people just want to do they just want to be creative and dress how they want to dress yeah. and be how they want to be without being judged it yeah. felt like an, an area for a space for people to just do whatever they wanted without worrying about uh, about There's, the judgment which i guess burning man is like that at a oh. massive oh, scale yeah. right so people can get do whatever they want creatively it's like it's like the most hedonistic environment that you will ever experience but like in the lightest way. Well, it's, it's not also, like evil or dark. It's just like, you just want to do what feels good. They for also really while. fit into the category of what they, they describe as transformational music festivals. And like, I definitely get that from them. There's actually a documentary series that I want to suggest. Who, who, who do you mean? The <clears throat> Astral Harvest, you mean? Or, well, or, yeah, or, or Astral, Astral Harvest. Sean, well, all of them really. All of them are oh, transformational. Okay, okay, okay. Festivals, yeah. Yeah. But there's a, there's a documentary series called the, the Bloom series. Yep. Is it called transformational yep. music festivals? And they, they did a massive project where they showcased all of the Western Canadian and, and even like the stuff down the Western North American, like a lot of the festivals. Right. Uh, Shambhala and Astral Harvester in their base coast. Yeah. Symbiosis. Uh, I think Burning Man. Motion is, Notion. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Motion Notion. And the, the documentary series, I think two of them are out and I think it's supposed to be four. Three or four, um, yeah. But it's, I really recommend watching it because I think even like the second documentary is more about like what Astral Harvest provides where you can actually bring your family and your kids there. Yeah. And it's, that's that's rare. I think we only know of like two festivals that are all ages like that, where the where they're actually um, nurturing to like a yeah. family bringing There's a small specific child. workshops for kids and stuff. Can like you that. imagine growing up like in that environment? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I know I, it, it would be so different. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So is Shambhala like the Canadian biggest Canadian one? From, well, it's or is there bigger Western Canada's biggest. Is there bigger ones about, out east? Uh, actually, I don't. Not Eastern no. Canada, no. Because there wasn't a lot in Ontario. It didn't seem. Like. I, th- it seems I think like the Shambhala scene out here is a lot bigger. Yeah. I think Shambhala is the biggest electronic music. I I don't quote no. me on this because it might be something else in the it East should, Coast. That it I don't should know about. have that title. Shambhala gets about seventeen thousand people, but that's their their overall attendance. That's how many tickets and volunteers and staff and everything like the the full numbers. But then there's a, a that one that Chasing Summer that happens. Um, that's in Fort Calgary. Not, I know, but it's a that's two, not transformational. That's just no, like it's EDM, just, right? Yeah. Exactly, it's, it's partying on a concrete slab. Like. They they get nine thousand people each day, and you can buy tickets for each day, so they count it as like eighteen or something. So it, technically, uh, they yeah, yeah. they say they're the largest. And and wh- like, where is that location? Because that's not Fort chasing Calgary. summer in Calgary. Yeah, though. I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen that before. But is that where they get the nine thousand each time? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> but Shambhala is just. I mean, it's. I don't like the the stuff where you're. You're just stuck on a concrete platform in front of a big stage and speakers. Like you go to Shambhala, you go to Astro Harvest, you get you're in the forest. You can actually walk down and sit in the river. Chasing and... Summer too is a different. It's a different crowd. It's a different kind of music. It's a lot more yeah. like it's a lot more of like the popular electronic yeah, music yeah, that you, yeah. like stuff that you would not like psytrance. Yeah, kind of you know, you stuff. would not hear psytrance there. And it's like all the, like Tiesto and those. Yeah, guys, right? and like, like Diplo and stuff like that. Skrillex and and hundred percent. Yeah. See, I don't understand. Like, I I like a lot of that different music, and I like a lot of the stuff at Astral Harvest, but I still can't like parse them all apart and figure out like what kind of like like I like some I, of, some of everything, when, but I don't it's so confusing can. now. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. like, no, I agree. I, when Tanner and I first met, it was funny because like he. I had already been involved in like when I was I was going to raves when I was fourteen, just being a dumb kid and taking dumb things and all that <laughs> stuff. And then, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't get out of it. I still like stuck with the music and stuff. But then when I met Tanner, he was really into metal 
and like had had like brief exposure to electronic music and i'll never forget this conversation just being like man like all of these stupid genres and subgenres you got your trance and your side trance and your deep house and tropical house and jungle house and all this other <laughs> acid shit house, acid house yeah, yeah. Acid House is really good. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> but, the same thing in the metal but world. But the metal though. world yeah. works the same, like Norwegian death yes. metal. Yes, metal. And I, it's, it seems like over the last 15 years, like all these music things just, maybe because of the internet, just split it, splintered yeah. into all these different genres. Yeah. Well, people people strive to coin a term to something that they're not able to understand or something that's new. So it's a natural progression for, you know, somebody comes up, like Massive Attack did it when they first started making music. Like people started calling them what's now known as trip hop and they got pissed off because they didn't want to be defined by it. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to have their own sound and it's only natural for people to try and coin terms. It's the way the language works. It's only natural for people to coin terms to things that they don't understand. Because then how, how else are you supposed to be able to find it again? If you're, if you're really into somebody's sound, it's like, what do I call that? How do I find other people that make? Yeah, that's a good point. It is pretty natural to do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I never got into the metal. I take, I like the electronic a lot more than the metal. My, my wife used to, big into the Calgary metal scene but I just I'll take electronic over metal for sure the the crowd is just it's so different like you find it's just a lot more of an accepting and loving and nurturing crowd and I've been to metal shows with with Tanner before and everybody's great like you're moshing and like slamming around like you fall down people will pick you up but there's those certain assholes the the 5% of the crowd that just like they they get off on punching you in the teeth and they don't you know yeah, I don't do either crowd. I don't do crowds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you guys, so you guys actually DJ too, then? Yeah. And you do that locally, and you do that at some of the festivals as well. Yeah, yep. we do that locally, and it, not every, not every festival, most of them. Yeah, we got to play uh, twice this year on Astro Heart. Really? On so I probably saw, really? Uh, well, we had we had we had daytime sets for both. Uh, yeah. Actually, they they gave, kind of gave us the honor to like open up the festival and close the festival. Oh this year, wow! Because yeah. we we represent Astro Harvest in Calgary. We we. Uh, we help kind sell their host, tickets and yeah, we host their pre-parties. Oh wow! We reached out to them because Astro Harvest was kind of special to us. It was a it was a festival that if we wanted to work with one, we wanted to you know walk up and be like, hey, we want to represent you in Calgary. Wow! Plus and, they're based they're based out of Edmonton, so it's a close enough connection. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so we kind of were they're just their Calgary team, and uh, we get to play the festival every year. And cool. As well as of last year and this year, it's been an honor, and we got to play a couple sets of Motion Ocean this year too. Yeah, wow! Uh, can can you guys give us some music for this this episode? Absolutely, yeah, I'd love we could, to. Well, Callie, you've got one or two tracks that you've got completed. We could do one of yours, or we could just do something like yeah, well, well, yeah. We could use one cool. of mine. We That's use one cool. Of mine. So, so yeah, you guys just email it over the next. We got a. Yeah. You got two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, what? Oh, I got so many questions now. Holy cow! So, Astral Harvest is it going to be good this year too? Like, is it going to be like another one to go to? Really? Even it was really surprising to see the lineup that they released this year, considering like the Canadian dollar has been absolute shit. Yeah, yeah. We we saw a significant drop with pretty much every festival, just because like a lot of the talent that gets booked is American or like across the border or whatever. Astral still kept it together pretty well, as it did. As did a lot of the other ones, but I like I was so impressed. Yeah, they weathered the storm pretty good. And I heard that it, it seemed pretty genuine for the people that own the land that they were they were really appreciative. Like they wanted to have that on yeah. there. Like yeah. the, the, it seems very the, uh, the people that own the land. There's also I don't know if you guys have ever heard of North Country Fair, but that that's also another festival that gets held on on those uh, same grounds. Oh, and it's bigger. I think there's four other stages. Yeah, it's huge, but it's, but it's country music stages. or uh, it's it's like folk, folk. and, and folk. music. Oh, okay, music. okay. Yeah. I think I know. I think there's some electronic 
Yeah, also, might be. I, don't I can't remember. Uh-huh. Been, but so they, so these people that own the land, they'll, they'll do that for. They'll have different uh, fairs yeah. and festivals yeah. there. It's I actually, assume for the right people. Yeah, this, yeah. This past year was Astral Harvest's seventh, ninth, ninth. Wow, or any only eight? No, eighth. Two, twelve. Eight. <laughs> um, it's actually on a reservation. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a school out there and it's dirt, just pile. Dirt, drift well, pile. drift pile. Drift pile is the, yeah. is the town. Dirt pile. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> like, why did you, you name live it in that? dirt pile? Why did you name it dirt pile? <laughs> it's uh it's like seven hours north of here though, so it does yeah. you know, it kinda gets cold up at night. So Western Canada is is more uh, there's more sort of these transformational festivals in Western Canada because I now that I'm sort of paying attention a bit more, I I thought there were some pretty big ones in in eastern U- USA, but Maybe not Canada. So, like, there is still like a pocket here where there's kind even of more like, than even normal, Western or? United States have more of this kind of vibe than the East Side does. Yeah. Like, yeah, what is yeah. there on the East Side? What, the yeah. States? What even is there on the East Side? I know there's one in like Nova Scotia called Evolve. Huh. Yeah, but that one ended up the owner of that was weird uh, or something. Yeah. Huh. It's it's just it's more represented on the West Coast, yeah. I think, which is nice for us because we just drive straight south. We right. went. Uh, there was one called Lightning in a Bottle. That we drove okay, down. Yeah. Uh, it was like right on the border of Mexico, pretty much the year that we went to yeah. that. It was, it we was drove like a, to Mexico? Well, we were Almost. like a half an hour from Tijuana. We yeah. wanted to go across. Jeez. But while we were at the festival, we kept inquiring with everybody, like, is, we kind of want to just go over All and I have a shot do. of tequila and a couple tacos, yeah, just because yeah. I've never been just to Mexico. To say we did it. And everybody was like, don't, don't <laughs> no, do it. No, it's not man. worth it. Not like, Tijuana. Canadian passports. <laughs> And you got a bunch of camping gear, and you, you know, you're driving into Tijuana. Like they're gonna, the, the oh, cops will extort you. you. Yeah, you know, like don't do it. Just don't do it. Wow. So we didn't do it. So, so did you go how to long did it take you to drive down there? How that's got to be twenty six hours. Is that all it is? Driving or, or I think to Burning Man, it's like what twenty two oh, yeah. hours Burning if you did 22. it straight. We do it in over the course of three days. We have friends like all the yeah. way down. I think if you wanted to get to Mexico, you could you could do it in thirty hours. Really? Yeah, I can't yeah. even get to Toronto in thirty hours. Really. Well, actually, if you look at the map, I'm pretty sure that's like the same distance. Google it. Toronto's about 40 hours from here. 40, holy shit. Yeah. I feel like it's... Oh. Yeah, because oh. we were... Yeah, that makes sense. Look yeah. at how far you got to go from there. Toronto, you have to go around the lakes, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look at how far Toronto is down. So I'm from north. Away, I'm from like, northwestern Ontario, and I can drive to Calgary faster than I can drive to Toronto. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> and Western yeah. Canada actually starts on the east side of Winnipeg. That's it. There's a sign that says uh, you are now passing the longitudinal center of Canada. Huh. That doesn't look right. It's no, sort of if you consider the 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 islands. Yeah, look at all the maritimes. Uh, yeah, that so. looks. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I always had trouble believing it when I was a kid because yeah. you go to Winnipeg and I drive by the sign, I was like, "Fuck, Canada must be big." <laughs> Oh. So so what so did you go to Coachella too then down no, there? No, we've never been to Coachella. That's uh, I hear it's a really different vibe. You, you get a lot of stuff over there, like the like the Black Keys and uh, where's that? Oh, right, that's it's, a, it's a rock more festival. Of a oh, is yeah. that, uh, where's I, I Coachella? Coachella's near Palm Springs, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, California. There's two. There's two weekends I have it now. I think yeah. I'm learning. I'm, it's all coming back to me from you guys on your podcast. But. Right. They get two. They got so big that they decided to host Coachella twice yeah. to just do it the Can next you weekend. Imagine as well. that? I never heard that. You didn't. Yeah, I think that was in that ski tour podcast that we were talking about. That it just it got so I big. I don't listen to our podcast. Well, if you sell, <laughs> I know what you mean. Even uh, Shambhala this year, uh, the 20th anniversary, Shambhala sold out in 24 hours or something. It just like boom, 18,000 tickets. So, have you guys seen a growth in this thing happening then? Oh, yeah. uh, yes, since you're doing absolutely. it, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. That was one what, of the reasons. What do you, what do you think? Why? Why? Like, 
Because um, people are yearning for something. They're yearning for uh, this experience, like to be able to express yourself and not have anything to worry about. There's, there's so much societal pressure for you to conform and be and do and act a certain way that when you go to these festivals and you come back from them and just it's the only thing that you know how to talk about. It's the only thing that yeah. you know well, how to profound. express. The experience is profound. That's what happened when I went to my first. Like I, I, I relate to the transformational festival category or just like the, the moniker because I came home and I was like, what the hell? Like I didn't know that this kind of thing existed yeah. and it was infatuating. It was like infectious Wow! and it's an organic reach. People go out to these places and then they come back and they're like, man, I really think you'd enjoy this. And like, uh, just our first Shambhala, actually the first uh, episode I think that I listened to your guys' podcast was the one that you did with Jamie Janover. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to ask you about that too. Yeah. So. One of our, like our first Shambhala, we wandered in one night into a, a geodesic dome in the back of one of the stages that was hosting workshops and Jamie Janover was hosting one of Nassim Harriman's workshops. Oh, like, oh, and, oh. Like, can you remember like how I do. our minds were like ripped to shreds? Like this is our first festival. I've <laughs> never seen anything like that. Sitting here, like listening to Jamie Janover talk about this quantum theory and like the fabric of the universe and yeah, all of these. Yeah. Like, and we'd the, never really, we'd never, yeah, we'd never even really been exposed to anything yeah. like that before. And getting up and walking away and just being like, wow. What like, even and was you, that? You get that feeling. Like I see why everybody's been saying like, you got to see this. You got to yeah. get out here and experience this. Yeah. yeah. And then the music, you know, like the, I remember the first night that the sun went down and the music and the stages started to light up and Shambhala is on a much higher level production than a lot of like, well, Astral's catching up in terms of, like stage production, but Shambhala is through the roof. So like the first night I remember just being in the crowd watching what was taking place and just being like dumbfounded. It's like, I can't believe this has been happening all this time and I didn't know about it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And That's kind of the way I felt because I was like, this is a full audiovisual oh, yeah. experience. Yeah. Like you're, you're feeling it in your bones and you're looking at this. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Shambhala is interesting though because like they're, they, they release, um, like you, you show up and you get in line and you pay an extra 80 bucks to get in the early day so that you can get in and like get decent camping spots that are in the shade and stuff because it gets hot as hell out there. And uh, they open the first two stages on the Thursday night. So there's only two stages running and then they open the rest of them. There's four other on stages the Friday, yeah. on the Friday so that you can go and explore in our first year. We're in there, we're running around, and we we paid the 80 bucks to get in on the Wednesday night, so there's not even any music, but there's two of the stages that you have access to that are open that you can go and like at least kind of check it out and see it and explore it, and then the following night, those two stages are open, but the rest of the three are like hidden back in the woods, so you yeah. you have no idea what's coming. You can sort of see them through the trees, yeah. and every so often they do a sound check or like a, you know, an and audio check. And you just hear check. this bass coming through the yeah. field that's like, you're like, where the hell is that coming from? And these stages, they kind of end up having like this anime sort of character-esque, like the, the one that we work with at Shambhala is called the Pagoda Stage. Yeah. And it's this big Japanese pagoda, and mm. like when, it, uh, when they were sound checking it that one year, they used tool. Like they were just blasting a bunch of nice. tool tracks and, oh, and you man, couldn't access the stage. Spiritual. But there was just this massive audio visual stage, just bolt, like screaming from inside the trees yeah. and like playing all this music and everybody swarms over and they're just like, what is that? That was <laughs> cool because, <laughs> because we were working the stage and like had helped build like a week before. Um, it was, I, I, th I think it was Colin that like went up to fucking whoever it was that was running the sound checks. Just like, you need to play tool. You need to play tool. Only the people who are a part of the crew are allowed to like be in there, obviously, oh, during yeah. the sound check. So you see this massive crowd of people come up because they're like moths to a light. They're like, oh, bass, what's going on? And then 
the music starts going and there's a crowd of like 12 of us flailing around as hard as we can to tool at an electronic music festival on like one of the most insane speaker systems that we have available yeah. wow. a stage and a sound system designed yeah. for 10,000 people and you have the whole thing to yourself you can just like drop wow. your knees down in the sand but the point's a pretty cool experience listen Sorry. to podcasts yeah. <laughs> the point that I was trying to make before with like the stage at like two of the stages opening early and then the rest of them, it's like, it's almost better to do it that way because it's not as much of a shell shock. It's like yeah. kind of a gradual lead into it. Cause I feel like if all six stages opened at the same time, you'd be like, I like, you just, you don't know what to do. Like there's yeah. cool stuff over here. There's cool stuff over there. Yeah. And yeah. You feel like you're missing. What's that term? There's a term when you're missing something. FOMO. FOMO. Yeah. Have you heard that before? <laughs> What's that? Fear of missing out. Oh yeah, I used oh, to have that bad when I was a kid. Not know what? Do you have the? Do you know what the term is? Like, <laughs> do you know what the term is though? You're worried if you're gonna leave? No, I've never heard it before. No, that, that's what they're. they're yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, new. Fear of that's missing what the kids out. Are saying. Yeah, that's, that's what the kids are saying. I don't want to call you kids, but <laughs> I know that though, and I can see it in my in my kids now, where they're like, you know, yeah. they don't want to do it. They feel like they're missing something if they just go to the bathroom for. That's a what you get like when you're on the main stage and you're thinking there's something going on in the other three yeah. stages and you don't know well, what to like, do. Fuck, we're such we're such an ADD generation. Like everything we have information available to us at any given point yeah. in time. You want an answer, you Google it on your phone. Like yeah. instant gratification. People use using um what's the uh the dating app tinder tinder or whatever yeah. yeah people just swiping left and right like they're shopping for humans at the grocery yeah. store just instant gratification yeah. so when yeah. you're not constantly fed that stimulus when you have to go to the bathroom for a second and something cool's happening you're like what the hell am i doing with my life like <laughs> well that's when you have the ipod <laughs> yeah. inside the toilet or where the magazines used to go <laughs> That one stays in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah got disinfected every once in a while. Yeah, it's like the book, like the Seinfeld where he brought the book in the bathroom. And they're like, you know, you bought that one. But. <laughs> I don't remember that up. So what, what what genre do you guys play then as a DJ? Uh, like a lot of glitch hop and mid-tempo, like kind of heavy, heavy bass music. Oh, okay. Deep, sexy goodness. Yeah, like deep and sexy describes it. But at the same time, like we really like to pride ourselves as being really multi-genre right like yeah pigeonhole. yeah yeah so where will you play next where's your next uh um I, well i'm playing on new year's yeah. like the next the, the next event Ooh, that we're, i don't do new year's <laughs> the next event that we're hosting is on new year's eve at the legion downtown across from yeah, uh the from num- city hall stadium i do another night though for sure yeah yeah, yeah the probably the next one after that we'll be doing is like probably in february yeah well, well actually i know i think it was when jesso was on here he invited you said you went to the psychedelic semi-formal yeah, and I, yeah, I realized I was yeah. like, shit. I was there, and I guess I didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you speak? There? No, no, I didn't. Okay. no. I was there for the okay. for the party after. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't there for the workshops. Yeah, but I already denied. I left James before the party years, started, so I think he'd be, uh, he'd be, James, would, James would be jealous if I went to another show after. It's okay, we don't have to tell him. His. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to both. <laughs> Two places on New Year's. Yeah. I Dude, some people I, go to like I, 12. If I didn't drink, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The last couple times I went out, I didn't drink. Yeah. I actually know the last time when I drank. <laughs> That's right. And I ran into Sean LaRock. Really? He's <laughs> <laughs> a night ruiner. Oh, that's hilarious. Sorry, Sean, if you listen. I <laughs> well, he just Sean kept on. He's, he's Sean's boss, so. I, he oh, just right. kept wanting to talk about work all yeah. night. And I was just oh. like, just come on, man. <laughs> Even my wife was like, stop fucking bugging him about work, bud. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's pretty funny. Yeah, you have to keep in touch and, and tell us where you're you're going in February, and we'll I want to come by. Yeah, we do have a surprising sure. number of local listeners, so let us yeah. know and we'll do shout outs for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what about what about the rest of the like the all these? You guys are going to do the whole the whole what do you call it again? The festival trail like the and circuit. circuit and the circuit because it really is because not, there's not a lot of crossover, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you go yeah. one weekend to the yeah. next, right? Yeah. So you're going to do. So can you do you want to just my advice would be to go yeah. now, go oh. now because yeah. once well, you guys have kids, usually then... we do. Uh, we start with uh, the first one we do. Well, the first one we did this past year is called Tribe, Tribe. and that was the first. First year that it ran, uh, yeah. Millie, the girl who we mentioned before that brought us out to Burning Man, runs it. Yeah, it's she just uh, it's out at Camp Chief Hector in yeah. uh, Kananaskis, and she's doing that again this year. I don't know the dates yeah. on it specifically, uh-huh. but I actually have uh, to make like a Google Doc that has everything laid out in, like, yeah. week by week, yeah. so, oh, so yeah. we know what the hell. Well, I'll is go. Going with, on. I'll go with you guys in like ten years, eleven yeah. years. No, no, what? Just yeah. come, come to one local guy, like a local one. You don't have well, to come away for a weekend. No, I mean, can you just go man. for a day? Do, like, no, oh, absolutely, yeah. I want to do Burning Man, so you can just go for a day and a night or whatever. Like you could just stay up and then drive home if you want. Like if I'm not drinking, I could go hang out all night and just drive home in the morning most yeah, music right. festivals will sell you cheaper tickets yeah, but, it's not but, a but, just do that. but it's, it's yeah, usually cool. only I'm on the last burning day man, yeah yeah right yeah. Yeah. it's usually only on the last day because there's no way that they can guarantee that like you're only going to stay for the friday night or whatever right because like, if i was going to do yeah. burning man that's how i'd want to do it i'd want to drive down and you know oh, take sure. the time yeah. and yeah yeah, we yeah started... probably realistically, I can't see myself doing it while my kids are young, or you yeah. know, it's just that my holiday time I like to spend with them. Do kids go yeah. to running around? Yep. Yeah, it's all there ages. I wouldn't, reco- just, I wouldn't I recommend it They're your first year. Yeah. You, you drive down with your kids and I'll, I'll skydive in. You'll, watch <laughs> You'll skydive Bring in. Bring your kids yeah, to Astro Harvest, though, seriously. Well, I'm taking my kids next year to, uh, we're going down to watch the eclipse. I think it's August 17th. August 17th. Oregon Eclipse? Yeah, it's no. a, it's the only like total solar eclipse within driving distance. Yeah, in a there's a festival of that's happening on that weekend yeah. that actually. Uh, there you we go. Haven't, we could do both at once. We haven't yeah. decided exactly where we're going. I think I'm going to stay inland, just because you know eclipses and gravity and <laughs> faults and gotcha. waves. Oh, oh come gotcha. on! Remember Cliff High? So oh, the yeah. shit's going down. That's right. <laughs> you were going to be there to save the day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't save the day if I get taken out by a tidal wave. (laughs) That episode was pretty profound, but I've had a hard time, like, kind of deciphering anything Uh, as intriguing uh, uh, from his YouTube. Like, yeah, he was saying a bunch of stuff about uh, Hillary dropping out of the race or something, and I remember just being... I I, I don't see anything he said really came true, but but at the time, I was just like, holy fuck, this guy is... I I said to Callie, I was like, man, it's like the Fox Mulder effect. Like, I feel like I'm just like all in right now. Well, no, and then you you showed me the episode, and like, I was getting like more and more into it too, and then it wasn't until you started looking in... To like, you know, see if anything was coming through. You're just like, well, I don't know, man. Well, maybe, maybe, it, maybe he was picking up on Hillary actually dropping out when she wouldn't even address the crowd until or the when next she just day. Fell, <laughs> or maybe when she just fell down, fell on her face. <laughs> <laughs> there is some hate mail. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so sorry about that. we start. So what's, so what's after Tribe then? Uh, after Tribe is Inshallah. Inshallah is a really beautiful oh, festival. Inshallah, right. If you want to, like, if you're into, like, the spiritual and, like, the workshop yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, and, like, side yeah. trance yeah. and stuff, yeah. very, like, the most perfect festival to bring your kids to yeah it is so family friendly like not a lot not a lot of like drug culture and presence like ma- marijuana is one thing but it's yeah. not like it's not a party that's party. a medicine marijuana is a medicine exactly 
Well, so is all the psychedelics too. So yeah. That's, well, yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll see there's more. Not, that's kind of more the drug scene, right? It's not like a hard. There's not a lot of like hard drugs there. Not in Shambhala, no. No, no. Yeah. I mean, in most festivals, is yeah. yeah. Shambhala, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Shambhala and Motion Notion. Yeah. It, it, you always get surprised, man. There was one year at Shambhala where somebody just like came up to me on a pathway and was like, "Do you know where to get heroin?" Yeah, and you're and like, like, "What? Are you serious? <laughs> why do you want to do that at a party? Like, why? Why didn't you just stay home? Yeah. Right. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so in Ch- where's Anchella again? Uh, it's in Fort McLeod. No. Fort McLeod? Is that, is that the, just south two hours south of here? Yeah, Fort yeah. McLeod. Yeah. Oh, that's it? I always get the uh, fort. Yeah, yeah. I get the forts mixed up. It's, and it's like more halfway to most of the way to Lethbridge. The Fort Mix. Yeah. And it's actually where they, they host South Country South Country South Fair. Country Fair. South the Fair. opposite of North Country oh, Fair, which is Astral yeah. Harvest. Yeah, and then and, and, and Shala and Astral Harvest seem like they're kind of like sisters as well. Yeah, but Anchella is only 400 people. It's Whoa. very, it's very yeah. small. It's very intimate. It's very beautiful. Yeah, it's, I don't know if I can handle that. I need more people. Than that. Yeah. Just disappearing the crowd too, a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit too like it's too yeah. too small. I keep small. seeing the same people over and over. Me and Graham <laughs> are that opposite. I'd prefer smaller yeah. crowds. So you bring yeah. your kids to Inshallah. Yeah, yeah and you could be, be there one. for a, a day or even half a day. See, I might do like I, that's where I might just drive down, yeah. do a day, and yeah. then drive back or something. It's close enough that you could do that. Yep. Too many people. I start just yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're nice people and oh, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm just like when the grocery store crowds up I'm just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Abort. after that yeah, after I, that is after yeah. uh, or Astral Harvest after that right um looking at the map here we got that's in August is that Astral Harvest August no Astral Harvest is June, June usually yeah. is it June is it that early in the year yeah yeah, yeah they changed their dates this tribe year. was in May well, that's right around the longest days of the year, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, Astro Harvest is always the first weekend of July, but this year it's the second weekend of July. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Astro Harvest and then Motion Ooh, first Notion. First weekend's usually long weekend, too, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. one that they usually yeah. are on, but they, they switched it up. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's like, an entire circuit. I don't have it filled in because not a lot of them have their dates yeah. listed yet. But actually, one of them that I would suggest is uh, Freezer Burn. It's yes. the regional Alberta Burning Man event. So it's, so it's a, all of the burners ooh, that go to Burning Man. 800 people. Event. They do the, they do exactly what Burning Man does on a very small scale. Would they be cool with like a non burner? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the point. <laughs> it's it's, oh, meant that, be, it's like entry level. It's yeah. meant to be an inclusive environment. It's not supposed to be like you know holier than or they call like, it burnier than burnier than that. Burnier than that, than that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you haven't uh, even been to Burning Man. <laughs> it's not to say that that doesn't exist. You get some some yeah. weird people that are just like the veterans that yeah. end up. You know, they act yeah. like assholes, but, um, uh, clean my camp, hazer, yeah. or what do they call the recruits in the, in the Navy? I forget. I'm not sure. I forget. You're thinking of hazing rituals. Hazing. Yeah. 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 Like in college and yeah. shit. Yeah. That's like right. Full metal jacket. Call, yeah. Right. <laughs> full metal jackets. Fuck all the fucking Kubrick's films are fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Full metal jacket was Kubrick. Yeah. What? Wasn't it? Yeah. Space Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. Full metal jacket. No way. Uh, eyes wide shut. Uh, Shining, though. Shining. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? The old school one with the. Uh, Didn't he die after Eyes Wide Shut? I heard some conspiracy recently about Eyes Wide Shut and how. Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Yes. Orange. Oh, that was it. Yeah. That had a pretty profound effect on me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. We, just, we just rewatched that. Yeah. Like the only, the only other time that I saw that movie was when I was like super young and ripped on acid and like didn't actually remember a lot yeah. of it. Probably for good for, reasons because yeah, yeah. you don't really want to watch that movie in a <laughs> tender psychedelic state. Yeah, no. 
Pretty well, all the Kubrick shit is pretty epic, though. Yeah, I just threw on uh, 2001 Space Odyssey the other day when we were hanging out, just like without the volume. Cause, I, mean, I love the a, intro. Yeah. yeah. And the monkeys, the monkeys just start yeah. fucking beating each other with Well, that's a, that's a two-plus-hour movie with like 25 minutes of dialogue. It's mm-hmm. like an art piece. It's wow, meant to be yeah. just super visual. And yeah. like, well, and the first time that you showed it to me, like I remember, first of all, having my mind blown at the end with the whole like starseed child thing and... Yeah. That whole concept, and then like we sat on the internet for like a good couple hours, just like looking up theories as to like what the hell that's supposed to represent. That's one like, of the cool yeah. things about maybe that it film. doesn't represent anything. Maybe it's just this crazy art piece that's yeah. meant yeah. to make you think. Yeah. Kubrick said that if he like it's not meant to have a meaning, he was like, I, I kind of envision that film being like the Mona Lisa, where like if the Mona Lisa had a description underneath it as what she was thinking. While she was standing there, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it would kind of ruin the allure of yeah, how yeah. the imagination. I was, was just photo. practice for the fake moon landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just never understood why anybody questions what the Mona Lisa is thinking. Anyways, why was that a thing? Maybe I've never actually just... stood in front of it and she was probably it. like, "These motherfuckers aren't paying me enough money. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst fucking three Game hours of my life. <laughs> Hurry up already! <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm fucking so hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, let's finish off this list before I forget. So yeah. motion, motion, where does freezer burn fit into that? Do you know? Oh yeah, freezer burns more at the beginning. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's the weekend before Inshallah. Yeah, so that's okay. in between in between tribe and Inshallah. Okay. They all usually tend to fall in the same line. Yeah, and it's, it's only up in Pinoca, so it's only. So it's like every weekend, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, it's it, pretty intense. I hear in Australia that it, the the circuit is so like intense that you can actually circle the entire island all the way throughout the year. Wow, just go yeah. from a festival oh, wow, to festival. Yeah, because there's no, they don't have to worry about this crazy winter that we have. Yeah, yeah. just stay out of the middle and stay out of the ocean. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, after uh, after Motion Ocean, we did Pirate Party after Motion Ocean, yeah. but that one's in Montana. Well, that sounds fun. Do people yeah, dress up like pirates? Absolutely. There was a dog walking around with a parrot on its back. A real. We parrot. met a real life lemur. Oh yeah, there was a lemur there. <laughs> yeah. It was the weirdest like spectrum of of pet animals that everybody had there. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and Pirate Party was strange because it it rained literally the entire music festival, and we have videos of like walking up to certain tents that were like in the wrong part of like the flood lane where the river no. like over like went into this little gully or whatever, and like it's literally filled it's halfway up away. to its yeah. tent sort of thing, and like cars that like their hoods were ditched into some pieces. It's like. I thought you guys were fucking pirates. <laughs> Sail the seas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the river breached and it turned into just like Just a little rivers. bit of water and just wipes out the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then after that was uh, Shambhala. We go out a week early and build. Yeah, build I recommend, the pagoda. I recommend yeah. that to yeah. anybody. Shambhala yeah. is, is like, it's life-changing. Even just being there for a couple days, you'd you'd walk away mm-hmm. just dumbfounded completely. That's actually where we uh, where we learned about uh, the whole idea behind microdosing. Like oh, either, yeah. either acid or yeah. mushrooms, and that just, was a pretty mystical experience. Just sitting I, through workshops—it's just so amazing. Yeah, I have a hard time with psychedelics. They hit me pretty hard, and I get pretty uncomfortable. But our you can't put that on the air. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like take a quarter hit, and it just—it's perfect because it puts you into that state where like yeah. you're creative and you're motivated, yeah. and you have the energy to do stuff, and yeah. you're thinking about things he, in a different way. He calls he finds that state at the end of his acid trip. Yeah, yeah the period of uh, productivity, and I said that's just what it feels to be organized. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not an organized person anyway, so maybe that's why it helps. Yeah. You went too far to set that one up, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after Shambhala. Touché, though. Uh, and then after Sham is Burning Man, Birmingham. 
Birmingham. Real Burning Man or? Real Burning Man. Mini Burning Man, okay. Real Burning Man. Well, after Freezer Burn was Mini Burning Man. Yes. This year, actually, right after Shambhala is that Oregon Eclipse Festival. It's, uh, which is, yeah. Yeah. I might be, I don't know where I'll be. I'll be, I might be in Oregon. But I might be in Kansas, but I'll probably be in Oregon. Oregon's so beautiful. I saw the map. Oregon's like the, awesome. That's where I'm going to... If I, like, uh, had for, enough money to get a little piece of land and fucking go, that's yeah. probably where I'd go at this point. We got point. made fun of for calling it Oregon. Oregon-y? No, or no, no, no. no we, we were calling it Oregon. Oregon. It's, yeah. Oregon. it's like when people Oregon? say Calgary. You're from yeah. Calgary. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> Calgary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically just goes Shambhala, Oregon Eclipse... Motion Notion and Burning Man all back to back this year. Wait, oh, Motion wow. Notion is after Shambhala. This yeah, year? Motion Notion had to move their dates too. Oh wow! Oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna catch Motion Notion because we'll be leaving for Burning Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then is Burning Man the wind up? No, Fozzy Fest. Yeah, you Fozzie guys. Fest. Oh, I heard about that. Too. Houseboats yeah. and yeah, it's a festival Ooh, out in uh, Kukanusa. Yeah, it's yeah. on Lake Kukanusa, and the the festival grounds is the Big Springs Campground. So nice. one of the cool things is like one of the stages is actually on the beach. And during the day, they, they project the music out onto the, the water. So you can be on your houseboat sitting you in your hot, the whole lake. right on the hot tub and like in front of the stage. But then at night, they get shit from the neighbors, the, yeah. the landowners for like putting too much sound out in the water. Yeah, so they, lots of I, heard the co- I heard the cops clamped down this year or something like that. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. yeah. It was the RCMP. They had a, an issue with like, they didn't think that the response time getting down to the, the location where they were hosting it was going to be quick enough. So they were like, eh, we don't want to have too big of a party so they denied them their special event license so they made it super small yeah was, oh, right. So, but I heard it's changing this year and it's yeah. gonna be better or something this like year that. they are yeah, they're, they're working on go. it we sunk our houseboat last year oh yeah Jesus really yeah. oh we had like 50 people on it and we decided to try it didn't and, like sink no. sink but we decided to try and go out onto the water we had like some speakers on the top floor and we had some you know we were just gonna do a, a Saturday party and we couldn't get the houseboat off the shore it was grounded because there was too many people on it <laughs> So, also, the level of the lake was changing. Yeah, but the, somebody was just like, "Well, everybody, to the back of the boat, and we can get <laughs> we can get the the boat off." Yeah, the, water. the engine is. So everybody went to the back, and we get the boat off, and then all of a sudden it starts. We start going, but it just starts going underwater and starts. And <laughs> people, to the front of the boat. <laughs> people on the houseboat beside us are like, "You're going down." <laughs> well, and it was funny. Did because, everybody manage to go up to the front and then well, balance it out? We had, we had people so, jumping off. No, what happened was like everybody's everybody's too afraid to jump off because it's like oh my god i'm wearing these special festival clothes i don't want to get wet it's like if you don't get off the fucking boat you're gonna get wet either way yeah. Yeah. there was one person when they first started freaking out they ran over to one window and they're like oh my god we're taking on water so everybody runs over to the exact same window to witness like oh yeah we definitely are yeah it was bad yeah. we flooded the motor and then we couldn't drive back like once the back dipped under the water it flooded the motor so we couldn't then drive back so we're just drifting and luckily we got we didn't go too far we were able to throw the ropes the mooring ropes back to the to the shore and have people pull us back and the last thing you want to do when the engine's flooded is like start turning turning the key because it fucks a bunch of stuff up and (laughs) i know this like i've been boating with my dad before like he has he stepped property out at like like mcgregor like down by vulcan and uh so I knew enough about boats, which is why I was the driver and like I was the the captain of the thing. But like the thirty seconds that I walked away from the helm to go and try and find town, that's and what like, happened. Are you like? Are you seeing what's going on? There's like drunk people all fucked up, like pushing buttons and turning the key, being like, "Oh no, I know how to fix this." We didn't lose our damage deposit. That's the thing. Wow. That counts. Plumber, plumber was our captain. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I could see that. It was a gong show. Oh. I, know, I had a bit of a houseboat gong show when I, I came back too. with a bunch of fucking toilet paper duct tape to the bottom of my foot. <laughs> I, 
fell off the boat in the shallow part and cut my foot on a rock. We <laughs> threw all the chairs off the top for some reason. We lost all the chairs. The neighbors the gave me some mushrooms, and then it was just fucking super weird because there's just like fucking a thousand people on the beach yeah. wandering around, and yeah. I'm just like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think the worst part about having a houseboat as a music festival is the fact that like, they don't lock, like they're meant to be accessible for family vacations. So you go to a music festival where everybody's just drunk off their feet. And you're responsible for it. And you're responsible for yeah. it. You walk away like there was a couple times. There, there was one time it was it was kind of early in the morning. I had come back and there was a bunch of people like sleeping on the pullout couch and like in their respective beds and stuff. And this fucking guy comes in, super blonde hair, ultra naked, ultra can't talk. And just like finds his way onto our boat, just be like, no, 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 I know the owners. And I'm talking to him, being like, pretty sure you're talking to me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of one thing that I took away from it was don't get a houseboat at a music festival because when you want to, when you rent a houseboat vacation, you want to enjoy the houseboat vacation. And when you're at a music festival, you want to enjoy the music festival. Yeah. And if you get both at the same time, you only get half of each. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't really worth it. Yeah. yeah. Also, you want to sleep. And like, when yeah. you want to sleep, there's no guarantee that anybody else, like the other 17 people that you're sharing space <laughs> with want to sleep. Yeah. Actually, there's a guarantee that they don't. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's a guarantee that there's no good There's time a hot to sleep. tub on the roof no, of it. No people g- are stomping around and oh, yeah. Yeah. never yeah. again. Yeah. Never again. Never again. We'll but gladly get on somebody else's houseboat. I found it hard to sleep when I was on, on my own at the festival. Oh my God. Where yeah, did you tough. camp at uh, Astro? Just south of, uh, well, just uh, just past the main stage, kind of, <clears throat> kind of when you come into the parking lot. Yeah. Pretty close to that area there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, I was, some, there's some interesting stuff that goes on there too. Like this one of my friends knew, uh, was friends with these people that were doing like the, there's their own little event. So there's not only like workshops from the festival, but then people that travel around, I'm sure you, you probably even know those people that go to all these festivals with a bus and they set up this big tent. They do this like joygasm thing where yeah. we actually did a podcast. Yeah. One of the podcasts that oh, we did right, at Inshallah yes. was with oh. the kids from joygasm. You're probably talking yeah. about, about that white bus? Yeah. That was Sky's bus. Sky's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's Camp Hard On. That's kind of like, yeah. that's very Heart Hard On. Heart oh. On. <laughs> that's very, very burner-esque, like people uh, yeah. deciding to get together and, and do something that they can bring to the festival that they can contribute or like, you know, yeah. Yeah. offer to other people yeah. to to experience so yeah. yeah those guys are awesome i love yeah them. well i'll yeah, do they're... one i'll do one this year yeah i'll do one do it won't, won't be burning man do you inshallah want... well you want to take your kids uh possibly yeah. i'll run it by the wife and see because she's into that the music Careful, so maybe the wife <laughs> so oh yeah you better watch that oh yeah we're to be not, fair, I call him the man meat half the time. We're not, so. No, we're not allowed to say that anymore. One of the British people wrote in and said it's derogatory. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, UK Posse. Yeah. Thanks, UK Posse. Keeping Darren in check. <laughs> Actually, d- that podcast that we did with them in Inshallah was, was pretty hilarious because Tanner and I, we talk oh, yeah, we shit a, to we each other. We talk to each other. We talk sure. shit to each other all the time, and it's not meant to be derogatory. This is just how... We relate to each other, and there was—I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh. She complimented our dynamic, or something like that, and I yeah. just looked over. I was like, "Ah, he's a—he's a piece of shit. Don't listen to him, or whatever." <laughs> yeah. And she—she she shoots me this look, like, "Like, are you okay? Is there something you guys want to talk about?" Like, <laughs> just got really awkward all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So, t- so tell them a little bit about the joygasm experience because it's—it's it's really interesting how, and it's hard—it's hard because, it's hard like, I don't know. I'm from the environment where, like, I still—you still have a hard time, like dancing without uh, feeling all self-conscious or yeah. like you go in this group of people and it's, it's basically you get everybody laughing so much that mm. 
you have this like ecstatic experience <laughs> through laugh, laughter, right? I yeah, think yeah. It's, it's kind of the... like it's it stems sort of from the tantric thing where you can like bring yourself to some sort of energetic orgasm without the sense of touch and yeah. like, through other means. And yeah, the the joygasm. I've never actually done the workshop with them, but we we talked about it, and it, it sounds just like. <laughs> It, it's built on just the infectious vibe of, of yeah. like, I mean, the hardest you ever laugh is when you're with a yeah. group of people yeah. that are all laughing, like yeah. the sides are splitting. Right. And it's, yeah. it's that kind of experience. You just kind of exponentially build yeah. off. And, I mean, shit. Like if, if sneezing is, is likened to an orgasm, I'm sure that that experience when you're like laughing so hard that your sides are splitting and you, yeah. you can't hardly breathe. Yeah. That's gotta be somewhat. You should like start an, a joygasm bus. <laughs> 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 All yeah. people be lining up. Yeah, yep. it's interesting. Yeah. Graham goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I think you should talk a little bit about sanctuary and harm reduction. Oh, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. important oh, yeah. that is. Yes, that's. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's okay, well, I'll just do your job for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sanctuary and harm reduction within like the festival uh, community. Like I'm, I'm a co-coordinator with Astro Harvest and I coordinate the Fozzie Fest sanctuary. And it's basically like when you're out there, like it's very easy to get just too loaded or even sunstroke or like whether you're indulging in alcohol or, or substances. Like if you feel uncomfortable, there's like a place that you can go and chill out. And it's just like a nice, warm, welcome, inviting environment with people that are technically staffed to like, you know, ground you out be there with you through the experience especially Talk you down yeah especially like we've all been, had a friend that was like took some mushrooms or something and tripped right out right? or been that friend or been that friend yeah. yeah but um people that work sanctuary and harm reduction kind of thing they're the type of people that like their character is drawn to that and i found out really early on that like i just i was good at it and i gave it a try and it was like it was an absolutely rewarding experience like being there it's it's kind of one thing I like about podcasting is that you can take a total stranger and sit down and after like two hours, you you feel like you really, yeah. you got more conversation and more personal time than you really would over a year normally. Yeah. Um, take that and like put it on steroids, sitting with somebody trying to get through a psychedelic distress yeah. situation and you're there and you're like the voice of reason, you know, and you actually help them kind of get through that and feel better and, and start to like, cause all, if you have a good friend to help you through it, it changes everything. Yeah. So it uh, it's a really interesting experience, and uh, it it ends up like when I started, when I got into it, it was like all I wanted to do. You know, even when I wasn't working or on shift, I'd be I'd be there, kind of <sighs> just. I'd have to give them shit and pull them away. It's like you're not working, working right now. Like, come dance, come hang out. But it showed me an entirely different side of of the festival culture. Like immediately, yeah. I was just so drawn to being able to contribute to the whole experience rather than just be a consumer of the experience. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like that was kind of like my trade and you meet the most amazing people working that trade as well. Like you just find those people that are, uh, I find that the type of person that can help somebody else through a, like a trip or even just somebody that's sunstroked or emotional yeah, or crying because yeah. their friend, you know, got mad at them or something. Yeah. The type of people that can ground someone like that out are like the choice kind of people you've, you'll ever cross paths with. So meeting a bunch of people like that in one space, you make the most amazing friends. It's just like, it's such a family, such a tribe. Mm -hmm. You probably know my friend, Nicole, Nicole Nikolka, Nicole. Pestova, maybe. I think she was doing Shambhala's. Oh, well, Armor Shambhala Action. is, there's uh, like a whole 75, yeah, 75 Whoa. people that work sanctuary there. Uh, Saturday, Saturday night, there's 17 people on shift at a yeah. time, like a three yeah. power hour. So like I've worked Shambhala sanctuary three years mm -hmm. and yeah, it's hard to meet everybody. Wow. It's tough. Wow. Yeah. 
What about uh, talk a little bit about like the actual harm reduction project? Yeah, harm reduction. Death it, and party it, safe. It's kind of a sensitive subject because um, one thing that Shambhala really pioneered the whole festival culture uh, community with was drug testing, and like the cops hate it, the RCMP hate it, but like they, it, everybody knows that people go out there and they and they like they screw around with ecstasy or, you know, like even just whatever you find out there which is almost too many d- different variations now right it's like just keep it simple guys yeah <laughs> but yeah. um shambhala promotes like there's a there's a group called anchors spelled with a k and they um they offer completely judgment free like if you want to walk in and just like throw your whatever you've got on the table we'll put it through our reagent tests through a mandolin or a marquee test they have a we'll, certain protocol like they you have to be able to put it down on the tray. Like they yeah. can't touch it at all. Like no, they can't handle it because that would be trafficking. It. Yeah. But they can actually tell you right off the bat. It's like, this isn't what you, you think it is. Like this is testing or showing up as oh, I see what you mean. something so like pre-testing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if, and then if it shows up as something harmful, you know, they can, it's, it's harm reduction. It's trying to like make sure to provide a resource for people that are going test out to something drugs. like that. Yeah. Test yeah. your drugs. And they yeah. actually support that. But the thing is, it's a really gray area with the RCMP right now. Cause they don't like, the fact that it seemed, you know, a lot of a lot of people think that it promotes being, you know, using drugs. People are going to use drugs either way. Medicines, right? Like Plus, they should be legal to begin with. I mean, yeah. we should be able to do this. Yeah, like, the, we yeah. should have, you know, sovereignty over our consciousness. consciousness. Right. Like, yeah, you know, so, for sure. I think not that, in our lifetime, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coming. We won't get our consciousness no, no, it's back coming. fully in our lifetime. It's coming. Maybe in my kid's lifetime. <clears throat> no, it's yeah. coming. But we're coming? almost there. Yeah. Well, I've been waiting for cannabis to come for well, it's here. Years. It's yeah, here. It's, so. Is it? It's yeah. Well, like and I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, like in Alberta right now the the fentanyl. Yeah, kind of oh, that shit's yeah. disgusting. There's like 300 people in oh, Alberta last year alone that that were overdosed and died on fentanyl. So anchors actually they're they're hosting a GoFundMe right now. They're trying to raise money to buy a mass spectrometer and a oh, nice so that they can actually have a laser like a laser spectrometer yeah. and a mass spectrometer so that they can point that laser at whatever you've got and yeah. the, the entire chemical breakdown of what's there. Our so, friend Mark right now, like we were working with him at Fozzy Fest and, and he had it at Chambla as well. He has yeah. just like the general spectrometer. So it will, it will, it will shoot into your substance and it will give you the top two ingredients that it has, but it doesn't tell you the entire breakdown. I think it was. No, it's just the, the most dominant two. But the thing yeah. is, like, as opposed to not having that at a at a festival or any even a you know a rock show, whatever. Like people do coke all over the place, like you businessmen do. Yeah. And it's it's really. No, I mean, I come, like, I, I had a problem with hard drugs and alcohol, right? So yeah. that's why I'm, I don't do it anymore, right? Yeah. So I know the, the feeling of shame when, when, when I don't, I didn't, like, that was part of my problem with uh, being able to get better is I wanted to fix it all myself, right? Because I was too shameful to tell anybody yeah. that it was getting bad for me, right? Because yeah. of the stigma and all that's that, like the coke. Thing. And I was like, holy fuck, I can't tell people. Mm-hmm. how bad I am. I got to do it myself. But then the more you try and do it yourself, like you need, you need to be open, I think in society, or at least oh, to have, sure. yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about people like <clears throat> me needing to be open, but uh, it would be nice if we had a culture of, of openness and where you can yeah. talk about that stuff without feeling yeah. shameful. And, and that's and, what harm reduction is trying to yeah. instill. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I totally get the, yeah. how well, that give work. us the link for that. And we'll for put yeah. show notes Anchors and, party and, and for the, the GoFundMe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, that, that max mass spectrometer costs like $80,000. So they're, wow. they're trying to raise it's a super expensive. Wow. But, even so, the one that Mark has was like what? Yeah, he bought that on a whim, just impulsively for his own collection. It was like fourteen thousand. Wow. Yeah. So what were you saying about like all the harder drugs too? Even oh, because it's even in the co- it's well, even it's everywhere. It's right? everywhere. And, yeah. and the the thing is, like, you go out to a festival. The thing that they, we try and communicate to the RCMP is the fact that like, if it's not there, 
then everything that happens happens anyway. You're not going to stop like people messing around recreationally with substances. Right. But if there happens to be drug testing there, guaranteed 25% of the festival is going to walk up and test their drugs. And 50% of those people are going to toss the stuff that's harmful. We've seen right? people and, toss and, them. Like, and, and as far as like a free marketplace goes, right? They're not going to yeah. go back to the people they bought it off of. Yeah, right? the, or exactly. or there, there's going to be at least some repercussions from fucking dealing bad yeah. drugs as yeah. well. There was no? one year, um, was it, it was at Astral Harvest, uh, like Working Sanctuary, we're really tight with the MS. We know them really well and yeah. super amazing group of people that worked there. And there had been a number of cases of, what, before, pet, before fentanyl, it was PMMA. Uh, that was killing people just because they were taking too much and it, fillers that people are putting in that are just yeah. like dangerous. So they, uh, they had three different instances of people being brought in on PMMA and the security guard finally goes up to the last person being brought in just being like, look, I'm not going to give you any trouble. I'm not going to give the person who sold it to you any trouble, but you're the third case coming in in a pretty crappy situation. I need a description of the person who sold this to you. And he told him it was this dude in whatever yeah. clothing. And yeah, it, it he led, walks around and finding him. Yeah. He, he ends up finding him and he went up to this guy. who's like, same thing. Like, look, I don't want to give you any trouble. Give me everything you have right now. And I will let you stay the rest of the festival. There are three people that have ended up in EMS care because of the stuff that you're selling. And this guy had absolutely no idea. Yeah, and exactly. He was so hurt, exactly. Yeah, so hurt that he brought this experience upon these yeah, other people. Yeah. And yeah. so it eliminated that from yeah. the experience. And that, like, that's, I was kind of, yeah. Pretty, so how many people did you potentially right. save lives exactly. as, as opposed to that kind of thing, not being a part of the, the whole experience. So yeah. not all security teams are like that at festivals no, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great. Yeah, I could see you being good at that. I could see you like comforting me if I ate too many mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. give me a call. If I'll you give know. you a call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll throw you on the bat sign goes up and get to the igloo. Yeah. It's like post a picture of like a stick figure with like really long dreadlocks. Like that's it. Can you help Darren when he's drank too much though? I mean, not. He can't even help me when I've drank too much. (laughs) When you drink too much, no one can help. Yeah, Yeah, it's a whole difference. It's a whole different level of stubborn. Time you need time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Time. It's gonna slap it off. (laughs) Yep. I don't have a problem. So, so Shambhala, I just want to stick with this for a bit because it's really, really fascinating. I'm glad we brought it up. Um, Shambhala started this trend a couple of years um, back and then now now other people are sort of starting to do it or like where do you see this going in the next couple of years i don't think shambhala started it's been a movement that's happened in a couple different areas like even in the, the states reduction? yeah no no yeah and specifically the testing like, yeah, yeah well I, I would i would credit that to anchors and shambhala works with anchors and i entirely think entirely in canada or like that's a good question we'd have to look that up like yeah. who's the first one to offer that mm. kind of service and yeah i believe as as far as i can tell anchors would be the first notable Pers- uh, organization to start offering that for Western Canada. Anyway. Yeah, and I mean, like my first Shambhala was 2011, so I haven't really been involved. Like Shambhala is turning 20 this year, and I've only been to f- five, six, twenty five percent. That's yeah. legit. <laughs> so, like for example, if if I had a pill of XC or whatever, I could tell how much of it was MDMA, like straight MDMA. No, not or, how much. They can tell you or, right that that would that I could at least see that that was the main ingredient, yeah. and it yeah. wasn't. The mass else, spectrometer or? would tell yeah. you that if they yeah. could yeah. afford it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, it, would, it would just, it would basically document everything that's going on here and it would make it really hard for people to sell harmful Bad substances. Drugs, yeah. And that's the point is just yeah. like clean the place up. Yeah. Make it, Here's what yeah. happens when you go to get your drugs tested when, when you're not using the mass spectrometer. Medicines. Your medicines. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there are th- 
usually two, sometimes three different reagents. And they ask you to, if it's like an ecstasy pill, you scrape off a little bit, just the littlest, tiniest bit, like not enough to make a difference to your actual state of being or whatever. Scrape them into three different things and then they react and they turn a different color. And that color reacting with the different reagent represents a different chemical that's in it. However, when it comes to MDMA, MDMA will always respond first and it will turn straight black with two out of the three reagents, but they don't always have the three. So when the reagent turns black, that is to say that we can confirm that there is MDMA in your substance, but because it reacts first, we're not able to guarantee that that is the only thing in your substance. Right, so you right. take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. It's a start, right? Yeah. And that's why they're trying to crowdfund for uh, yeah. the ability to really dial in and, yeah. and make like, a real difference. Out yeah. There. yeah. And I feel like even just putting that thumb down on the, on the festival culture around here is going to probably change the landscape of like harmful substances yeah. across the country. It's so sad that Anything we even have to do that. Can you imagine that we even have to do that? Like, well, I, and I really commend maps, what they're doing with the yeah. trials with MDMA mm-hmm. and the fact that they're, yeah. they're really str- like pushing for that. And they're working with psilocybin. I mean, if anyone's yeah. going to do it, if anyone's yeah. going to do it, it's going to be them. So it's, I don't think it's not going to be in our lifetime. I think that, I think maps will come through because they got, they, they broke that barrier down with the FDA with MDMA, yeah. they're letting them work with it, and, yeah. they, and they know exactly why. They know their prerogative. They know that, like, yeah. you're trying to make a difference positively. So, but there's also other things happening in the same time, like in Mexico, the ibogaine movement yeah. for healing people with addiction is huge, and there's also yeah. like the the toad, uh, the Sonoran Desert toad, which yeah. is really popular now for healing people, and yeah. there's. Uh, you know, plus all the just the traditional shamanic ones like ayahuasca and everything. We we just had um, Raz Raz Rackham. Mm-hmm. Raz Rackham and uh, I don't know if you know who is they're doing and Niles Heckman was one of our recent ones and they're doing yeah, yeah. a documentary on on that and it's fascinating so I think it's happening at different levels and might because it's just sad that we have to even test for that mm-hmm. but if it, yeah. if it was legal and, and, and at some level I'm not regulated. saying like full yeah I mean at least there'd be some it's sort yeah, of there'd like, be regulation yeah, and checks and, and at least you'd know that you're you're buying decent yeah. stuff right like, yeah yeah. It's too bad because like a lot of stuff like MDMA, I mean, for the most part, socially, it's really demonized because a lot of people like they diet raves on, on ecstasy, stuff like that. But but it's like the most open heart expanding yeah. substance you could ever yeah. do. Like, let's cuddle with fucking strangers. But they're not dying, <laughs> but they're not dying from the MDMA, though, right? They're not necessarily. From... No problem is MDMA raises your uh, your body temperature. So that actually like you get the most harmful thing that happens is hyperthermia, like the opposite of hypothermia. Yeah. You, your blood or your, your body temperature raises to the point where you can actually like cook your brain cells. Yeah. That's how people like, especially if you're kids, not drinking enough water. Yeah. Kids that are dying already. Are, the, yeah. the problem is the kids that are dying on this kind of stuff are the kids that are going and they're just like, my friend gave me this and I'm going to take 10, you know? Yeah. Or, or the people like with what was happening with PMMA, it's the kids who are used to taking MDMA and think it's MDMA. And then they take one or two and yeah. they, it, it takes a little bit longer for it to hit them. And they're like, my drugs are shitty. I should take more because yeah. I already bought them. And then they take more and then it hits them Silly and then kids. they die. See, and you can't even talk about this. Like this is kids, right? You can't even talk about this with your families or yeah. with like parents can't talk yeah. to their kids about it. Like yeah. Tanner and I have, we've, we've talked about this before. Like I, I grew up in such an instance where my parents were like, they really tried to shelter me. Like they found out I was smoking weed. I'd be grounded for however amount of time I'd sneak out and go off and do all these stupid drugs on my own and end up in really bad situations because, because of it. But Tanner, my parents were the ones hiding their smoking weed from me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we've always said that, especially coming from a harm reduction point of view is that like, you know, 
when we do end up having kids, we're not going to be the ones to introduce it to them. But if we, if they find it on their own, the least yeah. we can do is teach them how to yeah. do it. Properly. And, the, and they should be feeling like open to talk to you about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So because both your out. situations were opposite, but they weren't both, they probably both weren't necessarily healthy. Right. Yeah. I mean, or, or as healthy as they could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I think I could have approached my parents and talked about it, but yeah. I don't think I like, that's the kind of parent I hope to be. Yeah. 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 We'll just see what happens when, yeah. Well, and like the, high school starts, the more <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the same thing with talking about like, you know, harm reduction in general, like the more that you try and pull a person or a child back from doing something it more, it, the more it makes them want to rebel. Like people are going to be finding these drugs anyway. The least you can do is provide this service yeah. for them to, the, for them yeah. to make healthy choices. Yeah. Your kids, if they find drugs, they're going to find them anyway. Yeah. The more you hold them back, yeah. they're going to be running away from home and doing them very, very irresponsibly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then so what's happening with the fentanyl thing lately? Like it seems like there was just a like, huge bust recently. There was yeah. like a like multi million yeah, dollar bust that just happened. Unfortunately, which is it's basically just like prescription heroin or, or uh, morphine, right? It's an opioid, but like a hundred times as people strong. People are getting it with their heroin and their oxy's yeah. and their yeah. coke it's, too. I hear cocaine. People think they have cocaine. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah. What? They what? What? Yeah. Yeah. Mix it in with blow. Because it's a cheap additive, I yeah. think, is yeah, what it it's is. A right? cheap you can cut. add it to shit and it fucks you up. That's the so. biggest reason why like something like Anchors is valuable because like drug dealers generally are just like, oh, I've got this random white powder over here and I need to make money. I'm just going to throw it in here and sell it as something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get sh- like these really horrible people that are, and they don't even think about what they're doing. And then 26 people die the next week, right? It's, it's yeah. a savage market. It's yeah. like it's not a it's not a safe and no regulation. That's yeah. what that's what exactly. prohibition. And does. imagine, and this is all coming from prescription drugs as well, right? Yeah. Not right. all of it, but I mean, fentanyl that shows you how drug. like oxy and fentanyl. Actually, and, uh, I I did just uh, read an article recently about like fentanyl and one of the companies. I can't remember what the company was called, but now uh, like three to five of like the main players in the company are now being they they were recently arrested because they were purposefully over prescribing like the the. Fentanyl that they were selling was like a sublingual spray. So you put it under your tongue after you spray it for, it was intended for cancer patients, but they were twisting the prescription and telling doctors to overprescribe it for things as simple as back pain and neck pain yeah. and arthritis and stuff like that. And it was really fucking people up to, you know, encourage their own profit. Big pharma. Yeah. yeah holy. It's, just, it's the mindset of big pharma. Biggest right? drug dealers in the world. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. But I have to relieve my babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah should, uh, Is that two and a half hours we did? No, no, no that's an hour and a half. Okay. okay. For, For some sure. reason it starts at an hour. I saw it at, I saw it at like one seventeen when I felt like it was fifteen minutes. I was like, Well, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, well time does go by faster in the igloo. Yeah. It does for I sure. That we that so so where can where can our listeners find your podcast? Genesaproject.com. Yeah, we have everything hosted on our website uh, on genesisproject.com, but you can search it on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. It's the yep. Gen- Genesis Thought Lab podcast. Okay. And we'll link to that for sure. Cool, yeah. thanks. We generally usually usually the stuff that we cover is a lot of like festival-based music culture, but we've also had a couple of episodes sitting down with people who were very knowledgeable in Bitcoin and we sat down with James Jesso the other day. That one probably won't be released for a while because we have such a backlog from festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I meant to ask you more about your podcast too and then just yeah. the time slipped by. So and then so do you guys keep you plan on doing it more, more festivals mm-hmm. next year? Yep, and definitely. We, I'd like to get into a weekly swing like you guys do. Yeah. It's just uh we gotta get our we team. We do a lot of other shit. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. 
Well, yeah. hopefully some of our listeners will go check you guys out. Yeah. yeah. Love to. Thank you guys so much for having us. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it again. Fun. We'll yeah. do, we'll do it, we'll do it on your show sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. have you guys over. You guys are going away, though, eh? Yeah. So uh, in the new year? Uh, yeah, he's I'm going, going on a couple yeah, trips. Yeah, yeah, in the new year. He's yeah. going, it'd be February, I think. Mr. Busy's gone till February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but we'll, I mean, we'll go to maybe go to a festival this year or something, or we'll yeah. keep in touch anyways. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, whatever yeah. ones you guys want to go to, we'll probably already be there so we can Sweet. show you guys the ropes yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, Thanks yeah. for giving me your yeah, chair I'll the whole see. time you've oh, been yeah. standing. No, no, it's oh, good. you've been standing? Yeah, yeah, he, no, he always stands. He's, oh, really? Yeah, that's uh-huh. why we have the high table. Not always, but I try to. <laughs> I sit all day at work, so. <laughs> so we might as well just do the spiel now. Yeah. Uh, check out grandamerica.ca slash support, guys, for all the different ways you can keep us ad, sponsor, affiliate free. Spam Graham. Yeah, send in your stories and synchronicities, trip reports, especially after uh, after this show. Yeah. <laughs> your people. festival reports. All of festival, the trip reports. Yeah, festival reports. <laughs> uh, and sign people up for the newsletter. And tell your friends about the show. I'll go yeah. home and do 10 newsletter signups right now. There you go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your whole Facebook uh, yeah. lineup, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
If they make you cry, if they blow your mind, why not go online to grimehera.ca slash support?